Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice 8 Productions. Hello everybody, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 76, Turn Zero, part 2, Setup Theory. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Oh, good, thanks, Ed. Yes. I screwed up the beginning. This is my third take, so hopefully this one works. If Chris is a good producer, he'll just leave the other two where I screwed up and just leave this. <laughs> leave in the ether, be fine. Yeah. It'll be, that'll be fine, too. I'd prefer that. That's the beauty of editing, that all of my mistakes don't show up. So anyway, so in this episode, we're continuing our three-part series, probably three-part series, on the Turn Zero setup, which was driven by a uh, an email from a listener who asked a very simple question. I don't know what to do with my stuff whenever I set up. And that's really not an easy question. Uh, we decided to do this one in visual format. So maybe you're watching this one on Chris's YouTube channel on Dice Hate in, uh, on YouTube, where we're going to go over the actual setup. We, we discussed in part one some of the reasons why you would take specific obstacles for your list. And now we're going to show that. And as much fun as I'm sure it would be to hear all of that in an audio-only format, it's really much better to see in a visual. So I highly, highly recommend, if you're listening to this on your drive-in, um, checking out the uh, YouTube video notes so you can actually see what we're talking about. Plus, you get to see our happy, shiny faces. We're smiling. See? Or at least I... Oh, there. All right, there's Chris trying. <laughs> all right. I'm pay, paying attention to far too many things trying to get windows lined up and stuff yeah see that's what happened so anyway so we're gonna go ahead and get started as we usually do oh yeah just real quick um i don't know if chad may or may not drop in i didn't hear any word from him uh like he did last time where he just kind of dropped in uh we will be missing sean so it is just going to be the two of us tonight but i think we can get through this one um so okay. what have you been doing lately my friend um well this week jill was working evenings on the weekend and then into this week. So um, I've been looking after Evie and being a parent. So um, yeah, we even we missed D and D, and it wasn't even my fault this week. <laughs> no, no I, I tried to do a D and D session where I think I pushed the start time back like half an hour one time, and then Evie was just wouldn't settle, and I was just stressed, and I really didn't enjoy it. And I, I feel like I push that onto her so it's not fair like, she's three she doesn't know you know yeah. should often go to bed so daddy can play on the computer with his friends doesn't quite wash with me yeah you know I mean? so um yeah. especially when the routine is we're pretty lackadaisical on a bedtime kind of thing we'll let her play in a room a little bit if she's not tired and she'll she's really good she'll put herself to bed but obviously if we're trying to do a D D session i don't i like being able to try and focus on it but that's the right call yeah parenting you know Mm -hmm. gotta do it yeah i was doing the hey has anyone done their homework and i have three kids raise their hands who haven't done it and this is at like 8 45 i'm like i have got a show in 45 minutes and i've got lists i've got to build real quick so we're ready for tonight and apparently i had to update vassal because somebody was kind enough to send a message out in the uh, the group chat to say hey you should do that and i didn't pay attention (laughs) so i didn't do that so we're actually recording a little bit later than we should be because uh, of that. No later than I expected with us trying to do this, something a little bit different. Like. Yeah, setting up the stages and OBS and that kind of stuff so we can record yeah. good video for everyone. So yeah, so nothing else gaming-wise at all? Um, I've managed to finish painting one Banshee model from like the 
a mid to late nineties. Uh, trying to see if I could paint it to match with like the current night haunt aesthetic. So that was pretty good fun. So um, Banshee, as in you're not talking like Eldar Banshees, are you? No, no. Um, for Age of Sigma, so like, the uh, old gotcha. undead, like screaming maiden. Yep, I remember. Um, yeah, I was gonna say because uh, if you're talking the Eldar Banshees, it's probably still the same sculpt because it's probably still a metal model. The, the ban- no, the Banshees have got plastics now. They, um, I'm yeah, only half kidding on that. There's been three Banshee sculpts now. We're on the third set of Banshees. Interesting, but fire mm-hmm. fire dragons are still the same sculpt. No, but, fire dragons have had did they? two. Yeah, yeah. Fire dragons got a new one with the. I want to say fourth edition codex. Okay, yeah. All right. So fourth edition. I started playing in third edition. So that has been the same sculpt since ninety eight. Ninety eight. Third edition was no, because four. So fourth edition would have been at uh, mid two thousands. Okay, so it's only like 15 years old. Uh, maybe it was three. Maybe it was three. I can't remember. I I should know because I've collected Bale Time like two or three times and like sold them and bought different ones again. And I, at one point I had all the iterations of the Fire Dragon so I could have different squads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think there are three sculpts of fire dragons, three sculpts of banshees, only maybe two of the scorpions. I don't know. I don't know. I know that the oldest model for a long time was the wraith guard and the warp spiders. Yeah, well, warp spiders didn't get updated, did they? Probably not. I don't even know if they still exist. I think they do. I don't. I know race guard got updated. They've got plastic, yeah, the plastic ones. Are good. Thank God, because those those models were god awful putting together metal. There are a handful of them that are really. The one thing that I do miss, I do miss the old metal dreadnought, and I recognize that it was a pain in the butt to put that together. And don't get me wrong, the plastic sculpts now are really, really impressive. But there, there was just something about a good solid metal dreadnought. Oh. And putting it in your sock and assaulting someone to death with it. <laughs> the old dreadnought in a sock. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that was probably the second skull because, like, you had the old, like, Rogue Trader Edition um, dreadnoughts, which I w- always wanted one just because I thought they were kind of cool. But, like, when you compare those to, like, the more modern dreadnought models, they're like, they're tiny. They're really, really tiny. Yeah. Um, what else have I done? I think I, I'm listening to uh, the new Thrawn book at the moment. I finished Cursed Ooh. City. A novel for that, which is kind of like a prequel story for the game. Um, now I'm maybe two chapters into a new Thrawn book, so good. I like it. So I saw an interview, uh, it was a Q&A with Dan Abnett today. Uh, I don't know when um, GW released it. I don't know if it was GW or who's, it was with another podcast, but um, he did an, a, a Q&A where they, like, people asked, like, all of the, the, the mysteries of the 40K universe, and they're, like, all the good ones he really couldn't get into. Um, but he did get a couple of really cool ones, like, you know, well, what does the Emperor look like? Like, really look like? And he's like, nobody knows. The Emperor exudes the vision and visage of whatever he feels he needs to at the time. 
But the yeah. one thing you could tell, so like there are definitely things that are behind a gate that like he absolutely cannot answer. Like what happens if the Astronomicon fails? He couldn't answer that question. What, you know, but they're having those conversations as they're getting closer and closer to the end of the the horse area. So like things like, well, how does the Astronomicon work? I mean, no, 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 really, really. Like we all get the idea of what it is, but how does it really work? Well, you take the souls of a thousand psychers and burn them up. And that burns bright enough to light the way through a warp. Easy. Well, one of the things, like... Remember, they're the good guys, folks. Thousand psychers a day. Thousand psychers a day. So one of the the fan theories that I've always enjoyed was the fact that, like, well, if they would just let the Emperor die... He would reincarnate because that, like, that, that's kind of what happened. That's how, if you believe the old, old fluff, uh, that's how he came to be in the first place. So somebody asked him that question, and I genuinely expected the, you know, well, you know, that's behind the guarded box, can't answer that question kind of response. But that's not the response he gave. The response he gave was, well, the emperor dies several times a year and just reincarnates into the same body so to keep the astronomicon going. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, so like the emperor just keeps dying because he is a corpse and just keeps reincarnating and coming back into the same body over and over and over again, like this endless loop. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I never thought of that before. So I don't know if that's ever written anywhere. And maybe it's one of the newer books. I don't know. Um, but he definitely alluded to like they're, they're finally in the assault on Terra and, you know, seven, what, 67 books into the Horus Heresy. They finally are getting Siege of Terra series is a different series that, you know. I know, but uh, we... I've not read the newest one of those. I'm one book behind. One book behind. One book behind. Yeah. I think I'm going to tax my Audible uh, account heavily because after having that interview, it, it totally for I totally forgot that nope. Dan, Dan Abnett was the one that wrote Horace Rising. He wrote the first book in the series. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that just totally sparked my interest in wanting to get like, but it's 67 books. So I mean, generally, I do. I think I'd end up doing. Two, uh, you know, you can buy three credits for a discounted price. Right. I end up doing that twice a year, so I do eighteen books, audio books a year, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's probably a low estimate, and I'm just lying to myself. <laughs> just lying. But, um, right. Well, keeping yeah, because you get like your one free one a month plus yeah. the other, yeah, those other two. Well, so and I burned a lot. I'm go. I'm in the middle of the uh, the Brandon Sanderson um, Stormlight Archive. I'm into the third book, Oathbringer, right now. In each of these books, like I feel like I've earned those books because those books are like the first one was like forty hours, the second one was fifty five hours. I think this one's like sixty hours of like, and I'm like, man, I'm I'm stretching my free freaking credit to the limit. I- the one I, I look at a book and it's like 11 hours i'm like really really am i, am I gonna use a credit for this like, oh man not even 16 hours oh, oh. Not, not even not, but no, no, I think i've not been driving as much um in april anyway so um i think the cursed city one i got at the start of april and i had to it was like 12 hours i think and i only finished it maybe the 27th or something i had like three days with no book but i didn't go in the car anywhere so it was fine but doesn't matter so yeah i think that what i might do is i think i might buy uh buy myself some and i think i just saw that gw is going to be doing another 
uh, humble bundle kind of thing with all the books and I maybe I'll get started on the horse heresy again so but like the, I, there's got to be a guide I've got to find it there's got to be like a required reading because I know that the reason why the horse heresy has gone 67 books is because they're doing a lot of side stories that aren't necessarily the main story so there's whoa 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 uh, I, they're not side stories if that's your chapter okay and that's fair that is fair but like i remember like the way that the books were being told i think the last one that i read was prospero burns i think is probably the last one that i read on paper yeah and that's only like nine or ten books in yeah which means i still have 57 more to go and i'm gonna want to start from scratch so that I. It's, it's definitely worth i think overall there is more good than bad in those books in that series. No, uh, there's a few, and I, I personally ignore any of the anthologies. I just don't worry about them. I'll skip over. I've read a few of them, and there's some really good short stories, but I don't stress about those. If you know what I mean? Yeah, there's uh, not enough meat on those to be able to. Yeah, I can. I get that. I can. I get that. So yeah. yeah. So uh, as far as the rest of the stuff, uh, I ended up priming um, my. Priming and basing uh, a bunch of Necrons uh, over the course of the last week. Um, found out that the Krylon paint takes wash way better than the other one that I got. And it's the other, I'll have to look at it. So if you're going to be painting Necrons, I highly recommend the Krylon version of Chrome because it finishes in a matte finish and not some type of like, I don't know, satin finish where you try to do washes over it and it just literally slides right off. And you're like, what What the hell is going on? So those have been good. Doomstalker. And I ended up getting, what am I thinking? Uh, I'm going to end up, I'm genuinely debating how to paint the Doomstalkers because there are bits and pieces on there that are kind of new that weren't part of the aesthetic whenever the Necrons got re-released back in 2008, 2009, when they kind of flip-flopped and retconned a lot of the history. Um, because in the in the past, the 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 Catan were not Catan shards; they were genuinely the actual Catan on on the board. Oh, and- I swear, I'm I'm physically reading the new Uriel Ventress book, which is interesting because the first Uriel Ventress book is Nightbringer, which is written in a time when the Catan were the Catan. Right. And this one has been has gone through the Primaris barrier or whatever, whatever it's called, and come out as a Primaris Marine, and is now going up against what I'm assuming is going to be a shard of the Nightbringer. Oh, interesting. So I'm looking forward to how they're in the fluff, because the continuity, it's still, everything that happened to him in the his old books happened. You know, they've not retconned any of it. Not re- so yeah, so technically he was, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm still trying to figure out, and they, I, I, I've obviously owned the Necron Codex, it's behind me. And I read the fluff on the Void Dragon, and I still don't understand why there is a shard of the Void Dragon. I Because, and again, old fluff, I understand that the Emperor fought the Void Dragon and buried it in Mars. And there is theories that it is the, it is the Omnissiah, like the, the, the machine god that the, the Mechanicus worship is actually a Catan buried in, in, on Mars. So how the hell does Zarek have a shard of it if it's buried on Mars? So that leaves two possibilities. Either oh. A, when the Emperor buried it, a shard broke off, and that's what Zarek took with him. Or B, what is buried on Mars is not the Void Dragon. Oh, what about... Because um, is it not how not um, Ferris Manus got metal arms? Is that not from... Um, uh, 
the void dragon as well. Something mm-hmm. like that. That's one of the theories for Ferris, I think. Yeah, I don't right. know. I'm not really an Iron Hands man, so and he's dead anyway, who cares? Get a get a wife, you know. If you, no one wants to be the first Primark to die, losers. <laughs> right. My but that, I mean, it, it's it's back and forth because like, at least they don't like have a black rage about it like the Blood Angels do, you know. That's true. And then uh, the other thing that uh, since we're getting completely off topic and talking <laughs> talking 40k, one of the other things that came out of that Dan Abnett interview, um, they talked about Alpha Alpha Farius, and I was like. I've always wondered, they always say that they're the twin Primarchs. So everyone says, oh, there are 18 Primarchs. Well, no, technically there were 21. There are the two missing ones, which he addressed and said, you know, behind the ball curtain, not going to talk okay. about it. And I, his, his explanation for that was much, much better. He's like, because it's sometimes if you solve all the mysteries and unlock all the keys, then it becomes less interesting. Yeah. It's always nice to have the reader be able to fill in some of those gaps on their own and take little pieces here and put this story in. Ooh, maybe it's tied to this. Maybe it's tied to that. And that's better for the reader than to know everything. And I agree with that. But that leaves the twin Primarchs. And I'd always had this theory that... One soul split in between two bodies. Right. But I always had this theory that it was really just one body at one point. Like, like it's just two different personalities of the same. Like, I always thought it was like a split personality kind of thing. I'll not spoil it for you then, because you're wrong. I'm wrong? Oh, okay. Yeah. So they do, he does cover that. Uh, it's in one of the last books. Um, oh, well, maybe that. I can't remember. That's probably so you, read, you must have read Legion. That's before Prospero Burns. I believe you might be right. I could turn around the book. They're behind other books. Damn it, I can't look right now from where they're at. I moved all my alien stuff in the front because it's a through recently. I'm rereading all the new Titan books from in the alien uh, canning continuity. Yeah. Um, may, what would it be? I think it's in Praetorian of Dawn uh, okay. by John French. That's no. book 39. That book I did not read. So no, that uh, is... when I get to book 39, I'll have something to look forward to how they answer that question. Oh, no, it doesn't I answer a question, but that's I'm not going to spoil what happens. But yeah. okay. that's okay. an important one if you like Alpharius. And I don't, but I mean, he's not, not my particular brand of Primark myself, but I, I do want to know. It's one of those things. It's there's uh, That's why, like, if anyone getting involved in the 40K lore, good Lord, uh, you need, like, like a master's class in, in, in how to, like, break down some of the lore. And this is just the stuff that's in the 30th millennium. Or th- it's not it's not current. You don't need to know everything. No, you don't. I guess you can't. There's so much stuff that I'm out of date on I don't know and it doesn't matter right you enjoy you enjoy what the parts of it you enjoy and like don't worry about it like is Garvin Logan a, a Grey Knight I say yes I'm not gonna spoil it for you oh wait he gives that away too ah oh, all right I'll leave it go <laughs> you, stop, you can't stop reading it like book 12 when they're on book <laughs> 50 and then be like Oh man, how do you know so many answers, Chris? Oh no, no because I because you're like thirty five books in front of me. That'd be why. All right, well, I guess you've you've sort of convinced me. I guess I'm going to start ramping up the old uh, Audible book collection after I get through the Brandon Sanderson series. Um, yeah, we didn't play D anD D. We already covered that, and we're in an interesting game of Neptune's Pride. I got to be in a really interesting position because I guess at some point in time, as we were all signing up, Greg somehow thought that. I was another player based on something that was said in D and D that I don't recall saying, but <laughs> he messaged me. He's like, I already know who you are. And I'm like, 
Oh, damn. Because <clears throat> I thought about, like, did I use the name that I'm using before? Is that something I've said? Did I say that uh, before? Because when, when he posted that, I was like, I don't know who it is. And I and I just thought, I don't know. Maybe I was doing something else when you guys were talking about whatever the name was. Because I didn't remember. It didn't stand out to me as something that you'd said. So Me neither. Whatever. So I was in an interesting position where I'm like, okay, Greg thinks I'm someone else. I know he's going to share that with Chris. How do I use this to my advantage? And I let it run for well over a week of not really revealing who I was and just when I would respond to things, like especially there was a point in time where the player that Greg thought I was and another player were actually taking a very heavy lead. I started playing the bad guy. Like every time Chris would message me, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to win. We're gonna, like, and The whole time I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> So uh, at one point in time, it blew up on Discord, like, all right, so who's Ed? If Ed's not this, then who is he? I'm like, all right, fine. I've had my fun with it. Because I, I, when I went through my, my breakdown of how I thought the game was going to go, I tried to use the, the in-character names because I didn't want to uh, bring it out of the game, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I might have put you down as the wrong person once because about going through and i yeah i've run with what greg said but i don't know i don't think it made any difference because why i don't like because you didn't know that i was your neighbor until i messaged you no i totally know which was pretty far in i had a pretty good idea from the beginning when we first met that it was you just based on the way that your communication works just by the way that you, you you started talking, I can like, I think that's Chris. And as we had more and more communication, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that's Chris. Yeah. So I didn't need your call from what I didn't know was who everybody else was. I had a pretty <laughs> good idea that the person Greg thought I was, was really um, Alan, because Alan was the one that had said that name. Oh, that's if, uh, if, he, if he remembers it from D&D and it's not me and it's not you. <laughs> well, yeah, OK, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, so we had a bunch of um, so this was an interesting game and I feel like it's a shame the way that it happened that it did. But so we had a bunch of new players that were playing the game, which was fine. I had no problem with that at all. We also had a couple of more players uh, UK based than US based. So you had players because the way that the the cycles worked in this one, I was awake for both cycles because one would be at like. 10 o'clock in the morning would be at like 10 o'clock at night for my time. Yeah, because I doubled the speed of the game as well, which I don't like. Yeah. yeah I get- find that it takes up more of my... And I've got all of the time in the world, and I'm saying this. Yes, I, I, I agree. Having to check it at like 25 past the hour and 55 minutes past the hour and then 5 past the hour. and Because you want to check just before the tick, and just after, and then but and then you stay on until after the tick. So you're like, it's twenty minutes an hour instead of ten minutes an hour if you want to be on top of the game, right? And I I can do ten minutes an hour for like ten hours of the day because I'm at home with Evie and it's to check on my phone, right? But like twenty minutes an hour, for, I I'm just I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I don't. I can't do it. 
Yeah. So don't get me wrong. Like this game went really quick. So uh, anyway, so long story short, long story short. The other thing we had happen was um, we had a player who must have been new, didn't notice that the game had started, was AFK and basically got raffle stomped in the very, very early parts of the game which put one player in a very high position very early in the game. And they, and they're just, if Chris hadn't rallied the troops, not even, I tried rallying the troops and everyone's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm I'm on my way. And then like two days later, still nothing's happened. I'm like, you you motherfucker. (laughs) Oh yeah. Not even I. I felt like I was just so frustrating because I. So I'm gonna I'm gonna eat everyone now. It's fine. It's fine. Go for uh, it. So I'd gone through and I was chatting with Greg because part of the problem is that obviously me and Greg work together and we're in work. One of us is inevitably going to check when the other one's there and they're going to see who you are. Yes. So you can't keep secret from each other who the other player is. It's impossible. Not not for long. Um, so inevitably, once you figure out who you are, it's like, oh, just give me this tech, man, and I'm like, fine, whatever. So you end up, more than likely, will end up on friendly terms at some point. Like We didn't start near each other in this game, so it was only like I got... <coughs> pardon me. Um, I got to like, the midfield, like the centre of the board, and Greg was there, and I was like, I think Patrick's like, he, he's gone from like 20 industry to 40, uh, 20 economy to 40 economy. It's going to be a problem. We should probably attack him now because I'm just arriving. I've got ships coming up on the way. And, he's, and Greg's like, oh, if I attack, I'm leaving both my borders empty. Like, I'd have to strip my borders to attack. So I, I know I would too. But if we don't, he's going to he, he's going to win the game. And Greg was like, no, what, what we should do is attack Orange. Uh, but Orange has been really good. Orange is trapped and hasn't made a fuss about it. He's happy just researching, putting all his research into experimentation and trading tech with us. And I'm um, giving him systems to try and get him out slowly. So, and he's, he seems happy enough. Like, but my, my relationship's been really good with him. I don't know what you've been doing. No, as in what Greg had been doing. Ah, I gotcha. And um, and Greg was like, no, no, we should attack him while he's weak because then we'll clear up, we'll get this much science and industry each and then we'll be able to take him. I'm like, we won't, but I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> so I ended up stopping stuff going north to start building up and I, I sent Orange a message saying, like, due to political pressures, I'm going to have to break off our um, research treaty that we have and I'm not going to be able to trade tech with you anymore. You sent me a message about I understand, don't worry, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And then I started getting attacked by Patrick and Alan, and I'm like, oh, we'll joke at that. Patrick's now got, like, a 50 lead on economy, is massively ahead on weapons now, and um, no one's in position to help. Orange can't get there now because I had to stop giving him worlds because she wanted to attack him. Uh, you're still fighting yellow. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right, the game's done. Right, I I moved. Up. Greg said he's sending two thousand ships. So I'm like, okay, well that, we should be okay then. Twenty four hours later, it's still just me on my own. <laughs> I'm like, what the? F- <laughs> I I know how long. Like my I had one really thin narrow empire, and I could move from one end of it to the other in twenty four hours. 
So there's no, I, I could theoretically move two thirds of my, my ships from one part of my empire to the other in 24 hours. And still, it's like 500 ships there from Greg. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yep. All right. What ended up happening, so from my perspective, so Chris is on my left in his narrow empire fighting off in the center of the galaxy. I was one of the players that got, like, boxed in. The player to my right was yellow, was yellow, was one of the UK players, one of the new players, so I felt really bad baby seal clubbing him. But it reached a point where, like, I still don't know where the galactic center is. Chris had a pretty good idea that we were in the southern part of the galaxy fairly early in the game, but I had no evidence to support that argument, so I don't know. So I'm looking around, looking around, and I can't find a way out. So at some point in time, I had to be like, okay, I got no other choice. Chris needs help. If I don't do something in the next 24 hours, this game is over. I see the same thing that Chris sees. So I have no other choice, but I have to attack yellow. And as I'm attacking yellow... I get all the way through a lot of his major systems and I still don't see the center. And I'm like, what the hell? Like the only other players that I see are Chris. And I'm like, what is going on? I was so tucked into the corner that I didn't start seeing the galactic center until like a few days ago. Yeah. Like I just started seeing Greg today because I finally took a world that I can, and I've got like gigantic scanning and I finally took a world today. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. There was that, by the way. So just just as I'm, I'm finally in the center and I'm finally committing to my promise to Chris that I'm going to commit forces so that Chris isn't the only one banging his head against the wall against these two titans in the galaxy. As I've sent my last force north to go and die as die as soldiers to kind of like break up the ship count so that they're so low in ships that they can't actually oppose anyone. I'm getting ready to go into a two o'clock meeting as my whole meeting schedule. Like, oh, you've time. jumped ahead. We've jumped ahead. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we, so we should talk about how slimy I was. Uh, yeah, 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 so, yeah. Might as well. Well, not, not that. Like, it's in because if I don't do what I did. You never make it to a center. Agreed. Because white blue square is still a buffer between you two, and he doesn't get forced into picking a side. So agreed. Like, uh, you'd still be fighting him as uh, Patrick and Alan are like huge and unstoppable juggernauts. But um, basically, it got to a point where they had were producing twenty extra ships an hour than we twenty more ships an hour than any other player had the advantage on weapons and were producing more research and had the economic lead. So the only way this changes is that if I give pick the player who's the closest on, on research, give them all of my money to put into research, and then pick the, the player who's closest on like having a solid base, which happened to be Ed, because he'd, he'd been fighting and winning, so I'd already taken all of Yellow yes. and start giving him my systems, because then you get enough industry that you oh, start matching the production. Yes. So basically I ended up committing Harry Carry, and like I suicided all of my ships into them, into the back worlds. I just jumped over the front lines so that they couldn't advance because they had to send some ships back to cover and then wonder where the rest of the attack was going to come, because it, to do that on its own makes no sense, because they still have to guard the front lines, so it meant that they couldn't attack for like 12, 24 hours or whatever. Which bought me in plenty of time. Yeah, so Ed got all of the time to build more ships with my world's in, uh, industry, and Greg got time to get ahead on weapons, because he's now 
ahead on weapons and researching faster, so should stay ahead on weapons. Who, who did you say? Greg. You mean the guy that just quit? Did he? I don't know. Yep, I, I'm lo- I just looked just because we were talking because I want to get in. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to start a new game today, basically. <laughs> I'm going to make a new one. He's in the lead! Like, I don't know, how does well, he get... It, <laughs> well, the reason he's in the lead is because I was a slimy so-and-so and, like, gave him a hunt, like, I was. I'd made a deal with Red that if I sent him banking, he'd pay me two payments for each level of banking I sent him. And as good as his word, he sent me that money, even when he only had the two stars left with no industry on them. Aww. He just kept sending me the money that he owed me. Um, Aww. So, thanks, Matt. Um, but even that money, I was taking all of my economy and just giving it all to Greg. So, like, there was no skill or like you know what i mean it, it, it's a hollow victory patrick won the game yeah yeah i agree with that because basically if you hadn't done what you did which is basically here take all of my worlds take all of this and like manipulated the board so that the lesser empires in the galaxy actually had a chance to play catch up the game was over but i i didn't give them a choice either like the only person who had had agency in what they did was yellow and um, white blue because white blue could have picked the other side, but I thought I told him I'd give him a technology that Patrick hadn't been given him, so he yep. sided with us. And that if he hadn't, ironically, it would probably be a better game because it would have been closer. Because I think it would have been um, three v three then, or three and a half v three and one neutral compared to it's like four and a half v two. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so to try and rebalance that, so I after, may... after he upsets the apple cart. Yeah. So you, you can tell right from your side now. So after he upsets the apple cart, I have, and I'm looking at the board right now, I have 4,500 ships all pushing north, getting ready to run ramshackle through the two lead players. We have we still haven't surmounted the the science industry where they still are a little bit ahead of us on weapons, but their ship count is so low that it's basically at a tipping point that if they lose enough worlds in the, in my initial rush, it's over. Because by that point in time, I'm going to pick off all of their other worlds, and by the time all of that cleanup's done, it's just Greg and I at that juncture. And I'm getting ready to go into a one o'clock meeting. I've come back from lunch. I've sat down at my desk. I'm like, I'm just going to take a real quick look, you know, just to see where things are going. And I happen to notice a thousand plus ships heading. So again, yeah, wait, this is camera. You can see it. So I have a world down here in the south and I have this little sliver of territory that I can get up to the north. I've carved my way through. I've got one path and there is one world and one world only that is the key world that allows me to gain access to the north. And as I'm getting ready to go to get, go into my one o'clock meeting, I look and I see a thousand plus ships from Chris launching into that world. And I've only got a couple of, I don't know, maybe a hundred or so ships sitting there, which means it's dead. And I'm like, Chris, what's going on? <laughs> I had posted the SCAR gif in Discord before I even launched. I let everyone know what was coming. 
Yes, but again, I didn't. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. So first, and Kit first, and he does feel bad about this, and he should because it's wrong. When he and I agreed to go into an agreement, was the agreement was that we wouldn't turn on each other unless we gave each other forty-eight hours' notice. I know and void that after I screwed the game up. Yeah. If this was just, if this was still a real game. I would feel bad about that. I, I, I have zero guilt about screwing you over. And like, you if you want, I would like strip all of my worlds and you can take them. Because all I needed to do, or the, the only goal, was to slow you down from attacking them for a, a 12 hour period. Well, no, it's going to be more like 24. Because it's, because yeah. here's, yeah, it's going to be I'm more like. I'm going to be 12 because I'm a dick. Yeah, and that was the other thing. So, like, I, so in the game, you can build these warp gates at like half. Uh, travel time so you can get ships up there really really quick you can move ships really really fast so not only does he take the world that was mine but then as I'm on my way there there's still a gate there so I can get there quicker and try to catch up to him he blows the gate and then he does it to a like like thanks thanks I mean like that was salt (laughs) in the wound like not only did you betray me but they're like yeah I'm gonna blow the gate up too while I'm at it (laughs) Uh, think about how bad Patrick feels though yeah. Well, so now things get a little bit so more interesting I, because so I, I sent Alan sent me a message about something and it's like calling me a dick. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I 100% am. But I sent him one back today. So I, look, if I'm going to be a dick, I have to be a dick to everyone equally or else it's just mean. Yeah, yep. Agreed. So huh. now I have got broken forces. I've got forces to the north that I technically can, I can reach them. No, I can't. I need yeah. to take you a. You need to take that world back, or, or one of white blues, or do something. But yeah, I've split you in two. Yeah, so Chris has literally split me in two. So now that being said, I've got a nice little base. Uh, I think we just lost Craig. No, Chad came in. Oh. oh. I just need to uh, change the scene. This will be interesting. I don't know if it will do this. And let me um, Did I mess things keep up? recording. Only the images, mate. Don't worry about it. We could keep talking. Yeah, um, we'll just go ahead and pick, go ahead and fix it. Anyway, yeah. so so what he's done is he he picked off a key world, so he's now split my forces in half. The only way that I can reunite with my northern fleets is to take that world back, and then oh by the way, Chris is still there, and he's literally on my on my western border. I now need to deal with Chris. No, I've told you I'm not going to attack you anymore, and I, that's genuine. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't have to believe me, obviously. But. I don't. If it makes you feel any better, um, so yeah. So in order to reunite with my, my fleets now, I either have to establish a new base in the north and just hope that things work out. You know, the area where the number one and number two players were sitting, and now I have to fight them off. Now the interesting part with with Greg quitting. So I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out now because when Greg quits, the computer takes over. Greg is currently in the lead in a lot of things, including science. It means like he, everyone can buy, as long as you get to a positive reputation with him, everyone can buy science. Sorry, everyone can buy weapons. How do you build a positive... Uh, you just keep sending them money or tech. Keep sending them tech. Okay. Well, because that's going to become a problem <laughs> because yeah. I'm really curious to see what position he's currently in with the other players. He's in neutral with me. Yeah, so if you send him one one level of payment, because it tells you how much you need to spend to increase your reputation with him if you send one of those um he should send you technology back as long as as long as he has some money i should say if a computer doesn't have the money obviously it won't remember the debt but interesting so that does make the game a little bit more interesting because what it's done is like ultimately like the computer players aren't super smart and they don't have a lot of good time 
computer so, is terrible. What that means is that Alan can rickroll over Greg now, or what used to be Greg, and now play catch-up. So the game has now swung in a different direction. Now, the only thing I've got going for me is I've got 4,500 ships sitting on their borders. And between the two of them, they've got enough ships to probably take me out, but it's going to take them a while. Very oh. disappointed. Like I said, I think the chances are that we just start a new game. Um, uh, once we've finished recording, I'll set up a new one, and we're going to try and do it with um, a non-blind galaxy. So you can see the full star layout, and you can see as the, um, the stars get populated, but you can't see the fleets and you can't see the, well, the numbers. The resource value or what they've got on the world. It's been a really long time since we played that way. That was like the first game that I played with you was like that. So it would not surprise me if that is. You could be very well correct that that is how that works. Yeah. I've been following uh, on Discord and I'm very displeased that Ed's not out of the game yet. uh, Ed was really nice. I was very cool. I was chatting with because I was in work the evening that. Uh, I found orange and blue, which blues Ed. And I think orange. I think orange is Mike, but it could be Peter. I don't think it's Adam. So I think Adam's US time zone anyway. But I think it's Mike is orange. I believe I'm not. I'm not hundred um, percent. But I was like, oh, I, I launched a fleet, and then orange took the planet. So you can see them like, arrive as my ship's still trying to get them. Like, well, that's dead. So I sent Orange a message saying, "Look, if you leave so that my fleet can land there, I will then leave and give it you back just so I don't have to buy a new carrier. But then the world that was on Ed's side was like a 48 resource world. I thought it was a really good planet. And I was like, there's no fucking way he's going to give me that anyway. So I just sent a message saying, I've got a fleet on the way there. And um, Ed just left and gave it to me. I was like, girl, we're friends. Yep. Yep. Right or die. I knew we were playing with new players. I didn't know it was you at the time. So I was... So the point of the story was I said, if Orange killed my ship, I wasn't really bothered because it was a a nothing world. The gap was big enough. It didn't really affect me. I was like, I want that planet. So I'd already started shifting 20 ships I had a, a fleet of 20 and then another fleet of 10 converging to go and hit that world if you didn't let me have it. <laughs> so I would have, that was, I would have burnt my empire to the ground fighting you over that one planet. Would have been interesting. And then you gave it me anyway. So it's like, cool, we're friends now. Yeah, we'll be fine. Everything will work out. Yeah. So long story short, I've got uh, an interesting fight in my hands. I am really curious to see where everyone goes from here. And if people stick in the game or not. Uh, we'll, I, we'll see. I don't like I think that um Patrick's probably done. Alan might want to stick it out just to torch me a little bit more for um ruining his game. Because he was fairly sure he could do well and then I ruined it. You did. You probably took his win away from him. I, I I'm convinced that Patrick would have won, not Alan. So but anyway, it is. And so the, the funny story for Alan, which he doesn't find funny, but I do. Um, <laughs> I'm I moved in to protect Red uh, because Red was getting uh, getting curb stomped by Alan, uh, and Alan had said basically, "Are oh, you scanning my holy system?" And you need to leave. So he he gave up. A, um, Matt gave up a world, and then Alan was like, "No, you're still spying on me because there was like another system somewhere else." And Matt, That's what this was about. Yeah. So so Matt was like, well, I've given him one world. I'm not giving him another. 
I've, I, I sacrificed it with no fight. I just pulled out and left it. I'm not doing that again. So he just moved more ships in there to reinforce it. But then he had nothing behind it. So once he lost that world, I was like, oh, well, it's just fucking empty space. I'm just going to push through. It's easy. So I, I moved in. And when I arrived, he sent me a message saying he's got a fleet moving towards uh, this planet. It was a 48 resource planet. The highest resource you can get in the game is 50. And he was like, I've got a fleet moving towards that one. So I said, like, okay, cool. And then I landed so I could get full vision. And he didn't. <laughs> he had a fleet moving towards the pl- next planet and then was going to move from that planet to it. But it was nothing en route. So I sent a message back saying, look, if we're claiming planets with just the intent to take them at some point, I'm going to claim these other three, which were still held by Red. But I wanted to sort, I wanted it cut Alan off from encircling where I wanted to go. So I said, if you respect that and don't launch on those, I won't stop you from taking this world. That Those were words I used. I won't stop you from taking it. I won't stop you. Yep. So he said, okay. So then he took the world, killed all <laughs> of Red stuff. 30 minutes later, I took it from him. Seems I, fair to me. The wording of the contract was I wouldn't stop him taking it. Once he's taken it, the contract's finished. Uh, I agree. Right. Well, I mean, get better at reading contracts, man. I don't know what to tell you. So I'm sure Alan's going to give me some crap on Monday. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. But um, no, that, that was fun because he was annoyed. So like, what are you doing, man? Why should I on a uh, on a yeah, side of a contract and not take those three worlds? It's like, well, I don't care. I just didn't want you to take them off red. Like, if you want to attack him, you can, but I'm going to fight you now. <laughs> this was my, my plan is over this was my plan all along so that was when alan joined with patrick and jumped from weapons eight to weapons 10 or whatever and then they started curb stomping me and um and i valiantly you know a captain america i can do this all day turns out folks i couldn't i couldn't do it all day <laughs> i gave up and then I use some. Um, I don't. I. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with doing what I did. Had I done it purely in game to one person, I think combining it with the conversation we had on Discord about how the delay of people not doing anything has effectively ended. So I think I posted in chat I, on the Thursday. I typed in Discord that I think I know who Patrick is, and I think he's supposed to do really well. And but I didn't out what Corey was. Then I sent him a message on the Saturday saying, I think you've won this now. I I don't think people are going to move quick enough to stop you. Then it got to Monday and nothing had changed. I was like, okay, the game's fucking done. So then on Tuesday, I ruined it all. You did. Um, I just, so yeah. You totally did. I don't care. The game was already ruined because um, Pink was too far behind to be able to play. Yeah, and that, so we had talked about that. So moving forward in this, and we're thinking about doing, what, a smaller game with only 10 players, correct? Yeah, I think, so the last game where you missed out, no one quit. And that, that game was equally as one-sided, apart from the fact that I was trying to sabotage myself this time, so it was a lot easier to do. Like me trying to sabotage other people is harder because they have agency. If I'm trying to sabotage myself, it's fairly easy. Like you just play suboptimally, and it's fine. But yeah, the RNG from the last game was a troll. I, I got, in the first, like, 10 systems, six of them were, like, in the top 10% of it, what was in the game. 
Oh, jeez. Uh, it was just a ridiculous. I I didn't stop on anything that was less than a 10. I didn't even send a ship to because it wasn't worth the travel time. So, yeah, uh, it was crazy. Um, and like Greg was stuck with like six worlds for like four days. Then on, on this game, I've had the opposite. I've researched up to scanning eight and haven't found a single unoccupied world. Yeah, which means that they're basically full. It's a weird shaped galaxy. It really is. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's part of the fun. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't I, I didn't like doing the ringed galaxies because I think it's too inherently territorial because it's so obvious which planets are assigned to you by the game that if someone takes someone before you, you feel like we've taken something from you rather than them claiming an unclaimed star. Correct. I agree with that. Yeah. So people get the backup far too quickly. And then it, it that game is won by experimentation drops rather than like the shape of a galaxy. But I think the more I play the game, the more I think that the game isn't actually about winning at the end. It's the fun you have whilst you're playing and like, yeah. the dealing stuff. Because the game so often feels like it's decided by like, Patrick hit weapons three times on experimentation in this game, like back to back. <laughs> three consecutive hits on weapons uh, and was spawned next to a player who was AFK. That's, so that's a massive advantage. Uh, in the last game, I hit weapons three times in a row and spawned into the like, glut of massive resource planets. Um, the game before that one, which was the symmetrical ring one, um, was, it, was it Adam or Mike who was the orange player and was like, the only choice they had was to, to attack me. They literally couldn't play the game if they didn't get past me. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, the RNG is a large deciding factor because I think that's the only randomness. There's no randomness to a combat. There's no randomness to how you generate ships, how you generate money, how you generate... It's all the RNG from that way out. So, outside of that, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So, Chris stabbed me in the back. <laughs> uh, not really. I stabbed you in the front. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And if it if it actually mattered, I wouldn't have done it. No, I know, I know, I know. It it, it genuinely is not going to be that big of a deal. I, I'd already messaged Orange and asked him if he wanted to fight before I attacked. So I was already set to fight Orange. So I'm I'm currently fighting Orange and you, and I'm not actually actively attacking you anymore. No, and it doesn't look like you've got much left ship wise. No, no. I, I've also got. Um, or is it a thousand ships heading into our yeah. because I was going to try and find the other yellow player but then I told Alan that was my plan but he's moving to defend his system anyway so he's going to lose a bunch of ships and, but kill all of mine so good guy that should Alan. be interesting yeah so you'll you'll have me wiped out in a day or so it's fine <laughs> I hope so wow that's not cool Ed well like, I don't know like he's right in the fact that the game was genuinely over days ago. If he hadn't thrown a monkey wrench into things, rallied the troops, and basically fell on his sword to prevent that from happening, which normal player wouldn't do, like normal players would try to fight it out, but the way that it happened, it definitely swung the tide in the other direction. So it almost feels like an artificial win, if that makes sense. If, uh, if you look at the factors of the things that I changed by doing what I did, yeah. I, I I effectively gave 
Greg an additional 140 uh, economy. I gave Greg, like, Greg gains 140 economy points. I paid to upgrade all of your tech. I removed a thousand ships from Patrick. I made it so that they couldn't actually launch, like, they had no agency to launch attacks. I bought off blue onto our side instead of theirs. So, like, all of the things that I did by this, it means that I lose. But I'm the last place player of everyone left in the game. I have no chance to make a comeback. I get no, like, getting to, like, take one system from Ed for a 12 hour period is the highlight of what I could accomplish. Like, there's literally no more I could do. And I, I'm not, I don't mean it as in, yes, I enjoyed it. I mean, that, that's literally the, the, the most I could accomplish. So, yeah. It's true. It's I, true. I had a big effect on the game to my detriment, but it means that it also screws over players who were going to win. So I don't feel bad for you. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them. Because they chose to play a game in good faith with me when it's a lesson to everyone. You can apply it to X when no one plays a game in good faith. Everyone will use that wiggle room in the templates if it means I'm staying on the table. Yep. Yeah, I've been uh, been following the Discord channel for Neptune's Pride, and I keep waiting for people to figure out who Ed is and then destroy him. And I'm like waiting and waiting. And at first it was like, there was like, everybody was dead silent for like the first, I don't know how it long. Was, and then it was weird. Yeah, it was really quiet this time compared. And I, I think that I think they were waiting for me to do something again. I was like, well, I can't start off like the galactic talk again. Mm-hmm. Then it gives away who I was. So I think I tried. So I went to American spellings for everything this time. Um, and Which was then, a good move, by the way. I, I hate. I have to like be conscious of doing it, um, <laughs> and then I'm trying to do it on my phone as well. So I've got like fat fingers anyway. Um, and I can. I tried to pick a like, innocuous name that wasn't tied to anything that would tie it to me. And uh, but yeah, it, I, ultimately, Greg got figured out who I was on the second guess anyway because. I generally have the same start. And I've told Ed now, if you ever want to figure out who I am, after like the third day, just click on the Intel screen and check who has the most carriers, because that's probably me. Mm-hmm. Because none of the rest of you build enough carriers. So Greg said he thought he knew who Ed was. Was he right? Uh, yeah. No. He was no, not he right. Not. And that actually played to my benefit, because I actually had to play this little game of nobody knows who I am, really. So I tried to do my best. How do I... How do I put that to my advantage how do i use that advantage of no one knows who i am i don't think ultimately and it would have made a difference uh if chris knew if i was his neighbor or not it might have he he talked a big game of the i'm just gonna you know everyone because everyone's gonna kill it so ed can't win this game kind of thing so that's what i was worried about most so i let everyone so think. The, the, the difference so for me the discord talk is separate to the actual game the stuff that i say in discord is one thing, whereas in I will play the game in good faith in the game. And that's why I feel bad about the way it's gone, because I didn't play the game in good faith. I I, I removed the agency from everyone else in the game, decided it was over, and did this thing. So that was probably, probably the wrong thing to do in hindsight, given the way it's turned out. Because I don't think... My hope was that there'd be a grand battle that was really well-balanced, and people would be like getting used to the back and forth of a balanced fight, but that didn't happen. I overcompensated 
and it just turned into a, a curb stomp the other way. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So it, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you can ask Chad because I keep coughing, so I need to go and get another drink. So you can talk to Chad for a minute, then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, since Chad's joining us late, Chad, yeah, sorry. what have you been? That's okay. What have you been doing lately in gaming, my friend? Gaming? Not much. I've been following the Neptune's Pride Discord channel. Uh, just because, <laughs> like I said, like I've been sitting there and I'm just like, come on, I want to see when Ed gets knocked out so that he can start like, oh, I got knocked out of the game. And I'll be like, ha, you're not playing again, you know, because you missed last game. But apparently mm-hmm. that hasn't happened as people no. thought you were one person, but apparently you're somebody else. And Correct. Yeah, it is what it is. That- so what's probably going to happen because of the way that Chris moved the pieces on the board and fell on his sword for other players is I might end up winning this game if we play it out. So yeah. Greg quit. Greg is currently in the lead. Greg is in the and, lead and he quit. Yeah, because I and I think from his perspective, I totally understand. It's the same thing. That's kind of the same point that Chris is making is that the game was really over five, four or five days ago. It was over. The yeah. only reason that the game flipped on its head was because of the actions that Chris took to try to get everyone back into the game. Mm-hmm. And it was a way too much of an overcompensation to the point that it put enough players in a position that they could overcome. It was like a really one of those really weird, like they were, the other two players were far enough ahead in weapons that and economy and science that nobody was going to catch them. Yeah. So the only way that it worked out is that Chris basically was just sending all of his economy to another player, which basically doubled the economy of me, which allowed me to play catch up. And he was sending all of his science in another direction, which put uh, put Greg in a position that he could overcome. So all of these impossible situations that wouldn't happen in a normal game happened. And then it swung it in a way overcompensation to the other direction to the point that unless something drastic happens, I think I can easily win this game at this juncture. Yeah. So, like, who did Greg think you were? Greg thought that I was A.A. Ron. Like, I, never, I remember he made a comment of, like, oh, you used something in a while we were playing D&D. And I'm like, I'm trying to think, and, I'm like, what would he and, have said? And that was Alan, not me. I okay. remember Alan saying that, because I remember, I remember seeing that character name going, oh, Alan just said that, so I know who Alan is. And then Greg hit me up, I, think it was, I don't know if it was a private message or it was public in the Neptune's Pride. It was uh, public, it was in the Neptune's Pride one. And that was my, my whole grand scheme was like, okay, how can I use this to my advantage? Okay. Yeah, because I've been seeing the Aaron memes popping up in there, and uh, yep. okay. So like, that's was- what it was. I'm, I'm sitting in the back and I'm watching this and it's like, oh, they think they know who Ed is and all this and that. And it's like, I wanted to ask for like, I didn't know if it would give away anything or not, but like a screenshot of like a list of the names. Because I was going to sit there and I'm like, okay, so let me see. Which one would I think Ed would be? <laughs> screenshot would have worked. Because yeah. it doesn't identify who I am on the screenshot. Okay. So if this game is virtually over and the show won't be, you know, put out for a few more days and all that. Like, what name did you choose or do you still not want to say that yet oh no i've already given it up i've given it up i think it's public at this juncture it's it, i went with beltex empire and that's where i was like i don't ever recall using those words ever in D. i oh. literally when i was making the character i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna do blah I, I had to try like three different things before it would let me have a name so it was like oh this name is in use as another player's real name this play is it so I, I have to keep like, going for other stuff. I mean, like, you're coming up with random stuff, aren't you? Uh, I, t- I think I was doing characters from history. 
So I think wow. I tried. I, I was going to be um, uh, like Ramses the second, I think. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Some like um, Ozymandias, same person. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. On a Watchman angle. <laughs> uh, I just like for the, um, is it the poem? It's the, uh, I am Ozymandias, look upon my accomplishments and tremble. Yeah. I felt it was apt after the last game. And I just ruled the world. Well, hey But we'll see how this goes. Like, they're so like I'm just looking at the galaxy now. So with so with Greg quick quitting, Greg is in the lead. He has the highest amount of science. He's got a really strong economy, and he's got a pretty strong industry where he's producing 80 ships an hour. So I'm now the computer, what's that? I'm named the Greg go with Master of Puppets, which is why I thought you were in the game for a few moments. Hey. <laughs> or I, thought, or I thought that was I thought that was Chris's name. Legitimately, when I saw the name list, I thought that was Chris. I could see that being Chris. Uh, early, <laughs> I, I said to be you, Ed, because I know oh, that is one of my favorite songs. It is one of my favorite songs. But what what I said in the Neptune's Pride Discord was that because I assumed it was Chris, just because of the pure hubris of it, that it had to be Chris. <laughs> I only do that kind of stuff behind the scenes. I, I'll, I'll never be put myself out in front and like claim it beforehand. I thought you'd all think I was orange with the all-seeing eye, so I thought you'd think I was. That was one of the other ones I thought was you too. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. That was one of the I other ones I thought you were too. Sound like something Chris Chris would possibly use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry. Oh, all right, so we've chattered about the uh, now we're at the, the lack of focus Neptune's Pride uh, podcast. Yeah. We chattered along on a far enough. I do genuinely think, though, I honestly think, Chris, if you really wanted to, like, there's not a lot out there on YouTube on Neptune's Pride and tactics and strategy. Like, if you really wanted to, you really could probably put together like a, a YouTube series. So the problem with it is, I've considered it when this week when I was like a couple of the basics, like getting dragged into trying to help Matt because he, again, didn't put a single ship on any of his systems. So he had, like, 500 ships on his front line, then zero, 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 and then his home systems. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because you're, you're the fight here will be really, really close. But, like, what's the... Um, the so the way I think of it, and it, there's probably a really simple thing that I'm just missing... But I think that like minion waves in a MOBA, where the closer you get to the enemy tower, the wave will naturally push back because they'll get more minions to it quicker because it's shorter distance. So if if you've got a if so, I mean I can explain it in Neptune's Pride terms a lot easier than this, but I don't know why we're being a moron. If it takes <laughs> if you produce ten ships an hour, but it takes you two hours to get there, and the other person produces ten ships an hour, but it takes them ten hours to get there you get five times more ships than them. Yes. So by having zero, zero, zero everything, uh, they get to have zero everything, they win. So it'll be, a really, it'll be a really, really close fight until it isn't, and then you lose. That's also the argument you were making as far as defense, how leaving one ship behind is better than abandoning a star. Yeah. Because your one ship on defense is going to do the most damage. So, yeah, but, uh, the only thing, so your one ship, so what happens in in combat, the way you have to visualize it, if you've got 10 ships and weapons two, you don't get 10 ships that fire out a volley. You have one, they line up, the first ship goes pew, 
and it's one shot shoots through two ships because they're lined up. Then their shot goes pew and shoots through two of yours. And then the next one steps up and the next one steps up until there's none left. So if you've got one, but you've got weapon seven, you get plus one for being a defender. So your one ship goes pew and kills eight. If they've got weapons 20, they still only kill one because you've only got one. Right. So you trade up infinitely. So if you, you've got 10 ships, you can kill 100 ships. If you spread, as long as you spread that fight out over 10 worlds. And they get much more of a fight. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was one of the things I don't know that, and this is how I, this is one of the reasons why I knew that the yellow next to me was a new player was because I had like 60 ships on his world and he sent 110 to, to me, but I was up on him by weapons by three and I was defending. So I didn't move. I just waited till he got there and just let that tide crash against those rocks. Yeah. And wiped out all of his ships. Because I don't think he recognized that that's what happens and how the combat works. So well, even though he had a higher number of, sh- even though he had a higher number of ships, he didn't have enough oomph to beat my defense. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up now because we're talking about it. But I did pin the formula and I, and I Googled it and couldn't find it written down. And I'm going to be, I don't, I don't mean this in a derogatory fashion but I wanted to write it down in a Bob-esque fashion. <laughs> so, oh, where, where is it? I'm, did I actually write it down that way? So it's your weapons number divided by the number of enemy ships plus one times the defender's weapon value plus one minus the uh, defender's weapon value. No, it's, I can't, can't remember. Anyway, so basically, the, your weapons times the number of enemy ships because that's how many you're going to kill each time. So if you've got weapons 10, they've got 100 ships, it's going to take you 10, 10 rounds to kill them all. So you need to be able to fire 10 times. So you need to have enough ships to get to fire 10 times and have one left over. Correct. So, yeah. It, it's horrible and wordy, and I can't think of an easy way to describe it, but there's a handy weapons calculator in the game. There is. So use that instead of my horrible formula. But yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, should we do some X-Wing stuff? I don't know. Did yeah. you finish, did you finish doing Chad's uh, stuff? We did, yeah. Unless you have anything more you want to add there, Chad. No, I really haven't gotten to do anything over the last, um, it's been like a week or two. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, oh, I've uh, just been working. I watched a Bad Batch today. Oh, yeah. No, I've, not get a ch- I've not gotten the opportunity. Not yet. I haven't seen oh, oh, well, I know. That's what we, we went to uh, the Lego store on the weekend in uh, Chinook Mall and queued up for felt like 45 minutes with a three-year-old to get in because they were giving away the like, Star Wars Day stuff. Nice. So uh, Evie got to buy her first Lego set, so I was really a proud dad. So I used to get Lego when I was little. Um, my dad said we've still got it all in the loft, so next time I go back to the UK, I'll bring it all back. But we got a Lego Rapunzel Tower um so we built the rapunzel tower for her and um she plays with that little pascal chameleon and it's good fun and i Ooh. got some powers lego yay always did good. you use always the pun the lego pun did you use it people were lined up for blocks no <laughs> <laughs> no I, I was a little bit concerned because i i had no idea what what we wanted because she's never been in there. Like, she likes playing with the Lego I've got up there, but I wasn't sure when she sees the stuff what she'd want to get. So, like, do you want to reserve anything so you don't miss out? I was like, I do, but I don't know what. 
<laughs> I don't I know what I want. I don't want to miss out on anything. So can I reserve it all and then just look at it when I get in there? Because <laughs> um, people just kept turning up, looking at the Star Wars set display in the window, and then a guy would come out, take the credit card off, and go in and then swap it for a bag of, of crap. I'm like, oh, no, people keep buying all the Star Wars stuff before I've even got in. And they were up, they were letting five people in the store at a time, and obviously it's parent-child, parent-child. So it was only really three shoppers at a time, and I was, and she's three. I'm like, she's going to need a piss or something soon. I'm going to lose my place in the line. Mm-hmm. God damn it. But hey <laughs> it was fine. Um, yeah, that was a good fun. Okay, now, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Done. Now you're done. Now you're done. Got it. So... Do Excellent you want stuff. to intro this section? Because I'm going to have to rebuild the, uh, the scene while you're talking. Sure. So while Chris is doing that producer thing, we're going to move on to step two, which is actual placement. Not only placement of obstacles, some strategies behind building those obstacles, but uh, how to fly some ships through those obstacles based on those. We're going to go over some of the basic um, construction of how obstacles end up on the board. We'll talk about fences. We'll talk about corners. Um, but we'll also talk about the reasons why we're putting things where we're putting them. We're going to talk about flight lanes, all that kind of fun stuff. So what you're really kind of looking forward to. So I think the pending, I mean, it's getting a little late because we talked a lot about Neptune's Pride. Um, so it's getting a little late, so we're probably going to do bad. this. Yeah, we might have to cut. Yeah, we'll have to cut uh, next week. We do the next time we do is we'll have to cut it a little bit short and not talk Neptune's Pride as much, <laughs> so that we have more time to talk X Wing. Um, so we're probably going to do just probably one setup uh, with. Uh, I'm going to probably try to fly the Tie Swarm and give an idea of why my theories behind that, and we can discuss different strategies of placing those obstacles. Uh, uh, Chris can take whatever he would like in return for that, and then we'll literally put some ships on the board, show it on YouTube so you can have an idea of some theory on what running a seven ship or six or seven ship build would be like versus whatever Chris decides to bring as a counter. Did I fill enough time for you, Chris? Um, yeah, yeah. I was being a moron, don't mind me. And paste number one. <laughs> it's all my fault. Oh, I showed up late. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, they changed my schedule because Walmart wants to do a first, second, and third shift now instead of like where it was like I would go in eh, a little bit before noon and then be done in time to actually make like the show on any day it was recording. Now I'm like one to ten. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. Okay, we're Walmart. We're done. We're good. I just need to shrink the chat a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're good. Okay. So uh, the first one you wanted to do was your tie swarm. Correct. I've got a swarm as well. Oh, so this is swarm on swarm action. This should be interesting. But my swarm likes obstacles because I took the mining guild tie with the Magsab closure. Very good counter. So I and mine, mine does not. Mine would yeah. prefer all the tiny rocks. Yeah. So um, I I'm at two hundred, I believe. So I believe I am at two hundred. Okay, so we'll roll a dice. Because that's what you're doing in the game. Hang on, let me double check. I am at 200, yes. Would you like hits or misses? I'll take hits. It's a miss. So I have an initiative two swarm with one initiative one ship for the blocks. As in, you've got initiative ones and fours, I believe. And a five. I've got a five, four, three, twos, and ones. Yeah, okay. Are you guys on Vassal? We yeah. are, yes. 
I locked the room, so I'll have to unlock it. Yeah, you might have to yeah. update Vassal to get in. Yeah. Oh, I um, don't know. I'm going to check. Just because, like, I'm like, I'm going to have nothing to say because I'm like sitting here, like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? You didn't I tell can, me. I can share my screen, but it is going to mess up the uh, overlay again. So no, don't worry me. about it. I'll, I'll, I'll go into Vassal. <laughs> okay. So, um, my list is three mining guild surveyors, which is the initiative twos that have the uh, talent slot with the Magsab closure. Torkoal Mux with a Moldy Crow title. I love Torkoal. Nom one with Dengar because it's me making a scum list at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then Uncar Plot with automated targeting priority, just so he gets consistent mods, even though he's probably going to try and bump you. That's so, sure. So the reason why I think this list likes obstacles is obviously the mining guilds want to fly over them to turn on their ability. They ignore asteroids when they're flying over them anyway. And then Uncar can crash into you. And if you're in con or block you into him, and if he's touching you at the start, I can barrel roll you onto obstacles at the start of combat me. At the start of combat phase. So I like big rocks for this one. So, so- well, what I'm going to do, Ed, because we're not really worried about uh, which rocks we have and where they go, because we're not going to play out early turns or anything, I'm just going to like copy the uh, the rocks rather than moving them, just so you're okay. aware. So I would, in this instance, I would take initiative because I want Nomwom to block you. So can I talk about my list so we can talk about what the counter is? Yeah. So the list that I took would be your typical tie swarm, uh, meaning you're going to start off with How Runner and her ability to allow people to reroll attack dice to make them far more efficient at what they're doing. Uh, I have included uh, Iden Verso, uh, who is uh, How Runner's co-pilot. Um, basically, she is the bullet monkey for <laughs> How Runner. Uh, before a friendly Tie Fighter at range uh, one to zero would suffer one or more damage, you can spend an energy token to prevent that. So she is going to be the hey, I'm go- I'll catch that How Runner. She's also an initial four Tie Fighter, just for the just for the record. Um, we also uh, decided to start including I, because I had the points. Uh, I went ahead with a named TIE Fighter. I went with Night Beast. I like his ability. Uh, after you fully execute a blue maneuver, you may perform a focus action that allows him to turtle up. So he's not the best. He's only at I2, but in the double action on, on in double action in second edition is uncommon. Uh, it's not rare. There are a lot of there are a lot of ships that can do it. So, but it's enough to be able to to be able to double up and then have Tyra, uh, um and then have Howrunner's ability to help reroll some of those is actually super efficient. And then the rest of them are just completely naked um, Tie Fighters. One Black Squadron because I like the idea of having a uh, uh, an I three in there to kind of back up. And then I have my three blockers. Uh, their whole job is just to get in the middle of things and mess things up. And that's going to be three Academy Ties. Okay. And I um, like Little Rocks. Really tiny ones, the Great Mustachio and two other really tiny rocks. So Because this is going to be flying in formation. You're going to have a big block of TIE Fighters that kind of move in a, in a conjuncture around the board so that they can all benefit from Howrunner's ability. Yeah, so what I think we should do is we go through deploying uh, everything and then uh, so setting up the battlefield with the rocks, then deploying, then talk about how we think it's gone. Then we'll delete everything and swap sides. Sure, sure, that'll work. Yeah. So I would, I say, I would take initiative in this game because if you, I, like, non one's there to block. So if he's not 
if he's not moving and then blocking you, he's losing the action. We've got a bit of overlap. You've got Night Beast at two as well, did you say? So uh, Night, uh, Night Beast is two, correct. Yeah. So he goes at the same time as all my stuff. So it's extra stuff that could block me. Um, and I would rather move as early as possible to get my positioning. I don't. None of my stuff is like double reposition, so I don't need to move last. So I would have taken the three biggest rocks I could. And because I get to place first, I get to play, make sure I place two of my own obstacles at a minimum. Correct. So I'll take this one first. Uh, so I've taken um, the big rock from the original core set, and I would place it. So what I want to try and do, um, if I'll just place it, and then I'll, we'll talk about the whys later. So Do we want to get rid of the obstacles that aren't there? Because duplicating those, I guess I don't really know which ones was your second big rock. It doesn't matter, because you can take... You, as long as I don't duplicate... Oh, I see what you're saying. That's true. Okay, I understand. You could take the same rock, but you're not going. You're going to take the small ones. So, as, uh, in right. this instance, there should never be two of the same rocks on the table because you're taking three small. I'm taking three big. Correct. Yeah. So I'm going to take the other large rock. Yeah. So you want so, and I'm going to put that way down here. Yeah. Okay. And then, so that's. Uh, so he's put a rock right on the 2-2 two, two corner for me. I put it a little bit further into a table. Uh, and the next biggest rock, I believe, is the Force Awakens number one. Um, and I would put it in this instance. Um, I would want to go over here. So I, I'm kind of making a, a diagonal line about 30 degrees um, coming down from the 2-2 line into like the center of my deployment area. Okay, and then I am going to take this one here. Where's the range again? Here we go. We'll make sure we just put that right over about there. So you've done like a little triangle kind of shape. Um, yeah, for those, for those of you who are doing the audio more towards Chris's deployment zone, kind of in a little triangle, and they basically bunch these three rocks up into a three-pointed triangle. Yeah. So then you'd have Mustachio, and I assume the other's Force Awakens small one. Correct. So this one here would be your other one. Um, so I would go um, over here, yeah. So still on my side of the table, and uh, now I, I need to check range. I might be a little bit close. Um, auto range to obstacle. I don't know what that does. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm at range one of something. Uh, control L. There we go. Yeah, I was at range. See, I was right. Mm -hmm. I was right. I am bad at the game. <laughs> okay, that's where I put that. So just off center of the, of the uh, my deployment zone, about two thirds of the way in. There we go. This is what I expected. So Ed's trying to build a wall of rocks, basically going up, zigzagging up my deployment zone. And I succeed. Yeah. And then there's a giant open space on Ed's side of a table, and that's fine. So then my initiative one will go down first, which is Nom Nom. And he likes turning in which direction? He likes turning right. No, left. He likes turning left. I've flown this ship before, so he needs to... I'm just going to zoom out quickly while I move the old rocks out of the way. 
Uh, so that's my initiative one pilot, Ed, so you can do yours next. Okay, so I am going to start my wall of disruption. So I place Nom Wom um, heading down the table and in basically just off the center to the right of my deployment zone. And Ed's going in the gutter um, just uh, on his left flank. So if, if Nom Wom continues flying straight and then turns left, he would be joisting these three Initiative 1 type fighters. Correct. Okay. And then it would be the rest of my squad. Mm. So... Actually, let me make one minor adjustment. Yeah, not a problem. I'm eyeballing this. I'm kind of doing this a little haphazard. Why can't it... It won't let me adjust to, like, half an inches here. It's weird. Uh, I think it's not like nudge. I can't remember. Yeah, like, I can't nudge it, like, a quarter of an inch. It's weird. Oh, that's fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. I don't I don't need precise... I mean, well, if I'm going to play a full game in, in formation, then I do need precise, but yeah. th- this will be fine for demonstration purposes. Yeah. Then I would like to go with... Uh, Parkill would go here. Unkar Plut would go here. And then my three mining go. I, I get a two. Oh, no, but all mine are twos. Oh, right. So all mine go down before yours. Okay. So I've gone... Um, Torquil's facing into a table just in front of Nomwam. Uh, then Unka is behind Nomwam. And then the three mining guilds are still centered, but up the table to on my left flank a little bit, pointing directly at some asteroids. Who knew? Because they're unaffected by them. They are indeed unaffected by the asteroids for movement. Oh, the other thing I do need to do, obviously, is... It won't let me nudge the direction I really need this to go. Put Torquil's mobile arc to the right-hand side. Oh, it's fine. So we're going to put you down there and put Hal down here. And if I do that right... Where's... Don't they have a range? Just a good old generic range. Checked over that parks. They do not. So like you're pretty much deployed now and the rocks are all down. So my goal in placing these rocks was that I wanted to have the fight take place in an obviously open area, because that's where Ed Swarm's going to want to go. He's not gonna want to play in the rocks because he's not stupid. Uh, he wants to keep his formation to get the benefits of Iden and Hellrunner. Um, so he needs to have an open point. So by ensuring that we get an open point, I know that Ed was either going to set up in the right hand, top right-hand side and fly down the table or in the bottom left-hand side and fly straight at me. Uh, he's gone for the bottom side facing me. So that means that I can come in with the mining guild ties and try to fly over the rock wall that I made along the top left edge of the table to try and activate their abilities. And then as long as I stall and let him get closer to the rocks on my side, I have those options. Whereas in if Edit have deployed in the top right, or his yeah, his his right hand flank and flown down the table, he I could have basically switched the positions of the TIE fighters and had them come across the big rocks as well, the Ed place instead, if that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. So my thought process for building what I built, whenever he, I knew the very first thing he was going to do was put a big rock towards the front of my deployment zone. Um, mostly because it's going to be a 
big obstacle that's going to disrupt a big swath. Because when you run a swarm like this that are trying to stay in close formation because they're trying to benefit from some aura ability like that, they're all going to try to be as close as they can and try to fly in a formation. So putting a big rock right in front of me kind of busts up that formation. So in my mind, that top half of the board is basically off limits at this juncture because it's going to break up the formation almost immediately after I start my first movement. Uh, first movement activation phase. So I wanted to make sure that the second largest rock on the board was as far away from me as humanly possible. So I had either two options, either I could put it in the top left and just put, if I'm going to have a no fly zone, I can just put both big rocks up there or hope to do what I was able to do, which was build a wall in front of his entire deployment zone. Now, granted, his TIE fighters can go through those without, without a problem. But the rest of his ships can't. So there are things that his we, I'm building a wall in front of him that he's either going to have to come right at me and right into the kill zone of my formation, getting all the rerolls, or he's going to have to go through the rocks and negotiate. Yeah. So uh, do you want to talk through how you'd open in this instance? So I'd want to see what your plan would be with those TIE Fighters, because I know that they're probably going to come hard and fast, and I want to be able to react to those. So th at this juncture in the game, it becomes... Target priority. What is the first thing that you want to get off the board? And maybe I'm wrong, but my assessment on this one is I'm assuming I'm assigning Torkoal Mux to the highest priority. I'd like to get him off the board first. And then I'd like to get Nom Lom uh, off. Because while the others are all like the Mining Guild ties are really cool. If I stay away from the rocks, their special ability doesn't really affect me. So the ones that do affect me are things like Torkoal's ability and Nom Lom's. I'd like to be able to get those off the board as quickly as possible. So whenever he placed lower lower left going in that direction, that's the direction I want to counter. I want to try to get those two ships off the board as quickly as possible. If I stay away from the rocks, like I should, TIE Fighters are just TIE Fighters. Yep. And I've got more of them. Okay, so if, do you want to... So seeing as we're not going to do multiple lists on this one, do you want to go through... Sure, we can probably go through a couple of a couple of turns. Yeah. So I went through the motions of setting some dials. Oh, see, I didn't do that. I know that's right because you were talking. So um, for me, the first thing you need to do up against Hull and Iden um, Swarm is you need to get rid of Iden's ability. So you just need to shoot anything. Uh, if you kill an academy and they choose not to use Iden, that's a win for you because there's still a ship down. So I, I, my target priority is irrelevant until the Iden's gone. I just need to shoot stuff. Because if I kill an academy and he chooses not to use Iden, I'm still winning. If I then shoot a second academy and he chooses again to not use Iden, I, at some point he has to burn her. And then as soon as Iden's gone, you can switch on to trying to focus down Hellrunner. What I mean by that is don't take bad shots at Hellrunner if you're fighting with Iden because it's irrelevant. You take the best shots you can, and if you kill something, great. That makes sense? Makes sense. My yeah. target priority, of course, since I've put Torquemax in the highest possibility, I want to make sure, see which way he's going to go. The way that he's currently positioned with the um, mobile arc heading to the lower right, my suspicion is he's going to fly through those rocks. So the question becomes is, do I speed my way to get there and try to take him out, or and then face the wrath of everything else that's coming? Um in this instance, with this much wide space, I want to see the board develop a little bit more, so I tend to slow roll. So for me, it's going to be, let's see where he's going, let's see if I can get an idea, because those opening moves will really give you an idea of what pathway he intends to go through there. Yep, makes sense to me. Okay, so I would be moving first, I think it's Control-R, 
Is it control R? I don't know anymore. Oh, it's not control. So control S. There we go. Yeah. And then K, C for collision moves me back. So non one bumps into Torkill at the start. Mm. To no one's great surprise. Uh, then I get to see where Ed moves his um, academy pilots. No, we literally just talked this through, but yeah. it's going to be a nice two straights, and they're all going to focus. Yeah. Uh, so then it's my entire list goes next. So Correct. Uh, control S. So Torkill stays still and stresses. Um, the quadrajet tractor uh, space trug array or Uncar pluck just as a two straight. <laughs> And then all of my mining guilds all do two straights and focus. So I was slow rolling a little bit and then not really doing anything else. Both of us very careful. Yeah. And my swarm stays in formation and just continues on down the line. So now the next moves are going to be interesting. He's got a stress ship that has to go through. He could probably uh, self-bump Nomlom one more time if he wants him, to do, wants him to stay back there and stay out of the action. But I don't think that's what he wants to do. I could be wrong. But my thought process is he's going to put the lowest movement on Torkoal to clear that stress because he doesn't really want to get him into combat just yet. So then the question becomes, at one point in time with a swarm like this, the question becomes is when do you flinch? When do you, because the minute you start turning ships, I mean, there are ways to spread them out correctly so that you can make your banks. If you're doing turns, the hard turns, they're always going to end up in the right spot. So a lot of players beginning will start off with hard turns because in formation because they're always going to end up in the same position they were before. They're not going to bump. It's when you start doing those banks. And for me, I always wait to do the banks until I know where things are going. And right now, I don't have enough information to really get an idea where things are going. I know that I could probably pull off another two straight, maybe even a three straight before I have to decide to turn. So on my next turn, I'm probably going to be thinking, all right, because what I want to do is the flight path I want to carve out is I basically want to do a little racetrack because I want to come down here down the bottom side of the board and then I want to eventually turn up into the board and take on those other TIE fighters and take those down. So basically I'm going to go, you know, down, down, hard left, take those out, maybe have room for K turns and pull back in and come back down through the line. That's that's what my thought process is. Yeah. Because what you really... Like that, I'd... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to yeah, say, looking at Ed's setup, I would, I would do like a, I would do a two straight just to see what Chris is going to do with uh, yeah, his is, lower ships there. Yeah, this isn't a game. We're not actually trying to play each other to win the game. This is, this is more, this is literally open, open yeah. discussion in theory. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I need to close the trap a little bit more. Um, so it, it's too so, early. Ed's not committed enough for me to be able to swing everything in yet. I need him to be closer to my corner because if I try and come out now, he can get range three shots on me and he's going to get more range three shots on me than I would get on him. So that's Mm -hmm. not good. So what I want to do is wait at least one more turn before I commit to anything. Because if he goes slow, then it's... If he goes fast, I would be okay committing now. But if he goes slow... I don't, I, I can't afford to take that risk just yet. So, uh, non yeah. one. Um, I didn't really look at the setup. So, if this clears, it's fine. I did a move and it doesn't really matter if I messed up or not. So, we'll see. It doesn't clear, so that's good. Um, Self bumps, basically. Yeah, yeah. Again. Yeah. And then we get to see exactly how quick these TIE fighters have gone. And since I literally talked about my entire strategy, Chris, so, Chris knows exactly how far those TIE fighters are going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So they did twos. So now I know where his backline is going to be as well. So 
I can start planning for my next turn. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do all of the mining guilds. Um, they all go, one of them lands on a rock, but it's a mining guild, I literally don't care. And um, yeah, that should be fine. They're all done. Uh, they'd all have focus tokens. whoop de doo uh, So the one that Ed's actually interested in would be Torkil. He's going to do a bank towards the center of the table now because his job of blocking is finished. Um, if Ed had gone fast at this point, I do have a red boost available. So I would uh, boost further out of arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually quite happy with this positioning. And Unkar is going to reverse, reverse. <laughs> So you had mentioned uh, in the previous turn about closing, or the beginning of this turn about closing the trap. Do you kind of want to talk about what your thought process is in there? Because you're basically doing a vice, is really what you're doing. Yeah, so I, the the meat of my list is obviously the three named pilots, and I put them in a position where they could be isolated. So you're, once you set up in that gutter, I needed to convince you to keep coming down that gutter, because ideally I want to either be behind you are attacking down your column. Right, where they can't shoot. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to fly into the front arc of seven TIE fighters. <laughs> Why not? Who can say? So by closing the trap, what I want to do is get you in a position where Nomwam is going to be blocking. So you can't just come and turn around the corner because Nomwam's gonna be there and he moves before you, so he's gonna move in and just be in your way. So if you try and turn, Nomwam's gonna block you. And then if you try and turn early, you've got the rocks that you placed. So um, that's kind of my hope at the moment, that I can get these TIE Fighters into range three, start um, doing anything interesting, and get Unkar and Namwam in- into you whilst Tarkil does his things. Yeah, I'm crazy so, enough. I'd do like a two-bank with Ed ships. <laughs> So that's a so as this we're sitting here looking at this going with that that is something I'm genuinely debating like so it, but you you can't really do the two because you're gonna self bomb well, so you need to kind of I mean yeah you got to certain ones have to do two and others will have to do threes right because that's what I'm sitting here thinking like genuinely I'm trying to figure out like so if I do three turns where does everyone end up yeah like if the whole squad does three turns where do they end up kind of thing so I don't oh, think you're that's looking the right to do game. a turn not a bank. Well, so that's that really becomes a question because legitimately at this juncture in the game, dice rolls are eminent. So it's going to be key. It's going to be important for me to maintain my uh, tokens so that I can use them for defense. And the whole purpose behind the Academy ties are for blocking. Yeah. So I really want them out in front. So if I'm going to be facing down three TIE fighters coming from my... I don't want those TIE... What I don't want is I don't want to do another slow roll at this juncture because it's just going to be TIE fighters coming down my column and I can't shoot back. So I know that Nomlom cannot self-bump him. Well, I mean, I guess he could probably try to pull off a one hard turn and bump into Tor- Torkoal again. I suppose that is possible. Um, yeah. Torkoal can slow roll in there. And then, like, I have a feeling that those three named characters are going to stay on the outs- on the outside for another round of combat. So then the question becomes is, how do I respond to that? So do I do ones, twos, and threes? Let's see how that works out. Because technically, all right, let me, I want to try something just to see how this works out. I genuinely don't know if this is going to work. K-turns? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do K-turns. <laughs> so it, again, this is not my move. This is this is the, what if I do hard, thir- hard three turns? Where do they end up? Ugh. 
Uh, you so don't if want to I do, do hard threes. If I do a hard threes, they come up into this column here, which pushes me in the wrong direction. Right. That's why I said you should do banks. Right. Yeah. Banks so, would give I mean, you enough of an angle that you could, wait, you know. Where's the undo? Damn it, I can't find that. Yeah, it's black, oh, isn't it? You just go. There we, there, yeah. there we go. So clearly the hard threes are not working because it's going to put you in that column. It's going to put you facing those rocks, which is not what you don't want. There is a column pretty much where the 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 ties are coming down in that you could probably drive up through that, but you're not there yet. That's why like, I'm, I'm iffy on doing the banks because then I have to self-bump twice. I think Chris is going to do some banks with those ties try and get them to start lining up on taking you down potentially potentially so i think i am gonna go with the cheaters move <laughs> i'm gonna go one more this is cheaters probably move. two straight once again yeah this is probably a bad idea uh, that's that, a bad idea well the, the so here's the problem so if i do banks they oh. all self-bump they get out of formation and then when i come out of that formation i have to do banks again and self-bump again well if you do different numbers you don't bump yeah, so if you, uh, all right we'll give we'll give that a, we'll give that a shot i mean you've you've played before you know that certain ones I have to go with two and other ones have to go with three in order for you to keep formation yeah you're right all right fine 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 they don't have I mean, one banks so i have twos to do, and threes yeah i know the other way so See, i do a, this crazy stuff and that's why i beat you night beast and so that's a two that's a two. I'm not afraid to pull off this crazy moves. Where is it? I have a dial out there. I have Hot Runner's dial out there, so I gotta go get. I was in two bank, three banks, so you can measure which ones need to do which. No, I I would have tried to. I think I got. I think I know what I need. Right. It hasn't played in forever. He forgets. <laughs> I don't mind. You know, it's not a real game. So let me let me see if I remember. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be bad. So there's the academy ties. Those should be the tops. Those should be the bottoms. All right, let's see how bad I did this. Oh, I go first. So that one moves here. So he's basically now hiding behind this rock because if you go straight, my corner should be the closest point to you. Mm -hmm. So by giving me that big rock in the corner and that setup, I get to use use it to try and shield myself, get an extra evade dice. Don't need to rotate his turrets, it's non-one. So I just take the focus for defense and hope that um, if you go straight, two dice probably against three. If you go quick, uh, if you did a five straight, non-one probably takes massive damage. But at that point, I can probably get him away because I can get past you next round if you go five straight. Or else just bump into you and it's all crazy. But yeah, be fun. that's non-one. All right, here it goes. So now TIE Fighters do have the ability to barrel roll out, but I don't think I'm going to go for that option. So this one probably bumps? Nope. None of them should bump. No. You had a big enough gap between that you could bank all of them, the same bank, I think. Well, that was what my hope in my original setup was, but I want to make sure. Yeah. And then... Oh, we weren't planning when we originally did it to do all of it, but yeah, it's fine. So those are those. Now the rest of your squad. Yep. So then we will do the three mining guilds first. So, oh man, did they all fire? Oh rocks? man. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, I would have one currently not shooting. So, um, I can't barrel. Roll. I can barrel roll. Yeah. So the guy who can't shoot will barrel roll. 
Uh, if I'd have moved him individually and been thinking about it, I could have moved this guy first and barrel rolled him out of the way. Right. But I moved him out at the same time, so I'm not going to cheat. It's fine. Um, mm. But yeah, you can do, like, we know where you are now, so being able to get a ship kind of behind you, um, so left as forward as possible. No, running up as backwards as possible. Sorry, Andy. Because I want to run. I want to run over the um, the rock again. I'll roll back left as backwards as possible. Yes, it doesn't quite fit anyway. But yeah, it's not going to get it. But going backwards gives you more oh. chance to get a rock again. Yep. Um, and then no one's in range two, so their ability doesn't trigger. And then um, Tarkel, um de- two straight. Uh, two straight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's going to keep him way over there. Um, behind that rock. Yep. Use the rock for cover. Yeah. Um, probably don't get enough cover from that. So what I might be tempted to do is actually try and boost him out, maybe. I could do a one straight boost. Um, and then that's definitely range on a couple of them. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll try the boost straight. And that stresses him again. And then Unkar... There's a three straight, and he's going to um, hmm, take the red evade action. Ooh. Uh, so he's about to get shot. No, I'll focus. It's fine. Okay. Uh, so that's all of my moves. A night beast. I'll give himself a little focus. And then we are going to go with... Yeah, I want to make sure to do this in your order. It's going to be the black squadrons next. That's the only one that bumped. Uh, hit C, and then delete that. Wait, why did it go away? Is it control D? Because it's control okay, D. Yeah, I've got That's it. Right. Thank you. So it goes Iden next. That was close. That was damn close. Uh, we did, We just threw the ships down. We didn't worry about formation too much. Oh, she should have been a two. Yep. Yeah. The person okay. in front of her did a two, so she should have been a two. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. I'll I'll take that. Okie dokie. So at the start of engagement, no one is in contact with Uncarport. Um, but talk ill happens, so I have to check his arcs. Um, I don't remember how you do this. I'm so bad at everything. Just go control F. I need the mobile arc. Oh, it's in a control M? Or that's what actually rotates it. Uh, find a different color dot on him. It's no yeah, good. I've seen that. Um, arcs. Show firing arcs. Show mobile. There, we um, go. there you go. Um, so I will make... Um, Night Beast and Initiative One. Ooh. Not Initiative Zero, even. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Alt F for fire mobile firing arc. So Night Beast is Initiative Zero. He's been muxed. Got it. Everybody's favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So beginning your combat then? Yeah. So Howl Runner goes first. No shots for Howl. We go into fours. No shots for Iden. Black yeah. Squadron. Black Squadron's only got one option. Which is going to be your number three. Yeah. And he's going to go ahead and take a shot. Ooh, hit crit from the Black Squadron. Roll four dice because of range. Um, so he takes a crit. And this is why, evidently, we took damage cards. <laughs> that would be why. And flip. So that would be a few weak. Eh, not great, but whatever. So the net. So that's it. Because I've got a zero and three ones. Yep. Um, so I would shoot back with my twos now. So this guy up here on the rock doesn't get a shot because he's on the rock. We only ignore it in the movement phase. Um, control F, firing arc. Um, so I've got a range three at night, B, so we'll take it. Sure. Um, 
roll two. Hey, crit. And you can do, I can do equally as well. Ooh, two of these out of my list. Yeah. Um, then the next guy, same shot. Uh, he'll spend his focus. Two hits. Two hits. Um, is Aiden in range? How do I? There's no range fighters on this? Um, it would be target lock. Oh, why can't I find it? Um, why? Toggle right arc. There you go. Range two of Night Beast. So her ability does not go off, correct? Because it's range one to zero. Okay, so she can't even absorb it. So he's going to go, I guess. You take a hit or, here's, or do you spend the focus? So here's what I'm debating. One of the best pieces of advice for early game is if you can take a ship off the board, do it. Yep. Now, this ship has already suffered a crit. He's at range three, so he's going to be getting an extra die. So having the ability to have that focus there to almost ensure that I'm going to be putting at least one damage on him, I think it's worth taking the hit. So he is going to go ahead and take that hit okay. on the Night Beast. Um, then Arkel. Uh, we already know Night Beast is in range, so it's um, two dice, no mods, nothing. Um, Funka Plot. Uh, range three. Um, what is it? It's control shift F, is it? Yeah, I would I was gonna say unobstructed. I would guess unobstructed. Um, I have to pick a target in the closest range band, which luckily it's still Night Beast. Um, I'll spend his focus for two hits. Okay, so we're gonna go four defense dice. Oh, so now oh. I have to spend that, otherwise, Night Beast is dead. Yes, so I'm gonna go ahead and spend my focus. And he is going to take another damage card. So Night Beast. And that's all of my twos. So this gets me down to my ones. So let's start with Academy Tide number one. Can't shoot. Oh, no. I mean, I you could. Got, uh, it's obstructed, but you do have a shot. Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? So we're going to roll two dice. We're going to take my How Runner reroll. I'm a terrible person. Hit crit. Okay, so three dice. Um... I will um, spend it to take a shield. It landed, just for the record. Um, Then, uh, would you like to spend your focus, or do you want to take... Let me roll a dice from Dengar. No, I'm going to go ahead and spend my focus, because all your ships are fired. Uh, Well, not one. Yeah. Yeah. I have to rotate, not one, so that you're in arc, and you are, so done. Mm Mm-hmm. Cavity tie number two. Okay, so there is our first shot onto our already damaged tie. So we are going to go ahead and take that shot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my how runner reroll, and I'm going to spend my focus for a hit and crit. Rolling four. I'll spend the focus for zero. Now, if this works out, Night Beast, range three. Come on, buddy. You can do it. Did you Double not forget hit. Academy number three? What's up? You, you forgot our Academy pilot. No, I didn't forget Academy Pilot number three. Academy Pilot number three was the one that hit, did the damage on uh, oh, Nylon. Oh, that, then, so you've forgotten number two? You've only no. done two Academy shots. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you've not no. done Academy Pilot number three yet. I that don't lowest know. one still has their focus. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so you have another shot yeah. on Nylon if you want. You can choose to not take it, but I wouldn't advise it. Yeah. So this one, that's this one down here. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Just, that, that's that's the one, one fired. That's the one you shot at Nom. The, the lowest one. Yeah. Oh, this one down here. Yes. I who saw as a focus. Yeah. Yes. Go for it. Double hit. And takes another shield. Another shield. See? And then I have to spend the token to pre- prevent that from happening. From no, the- it's uh, it's only once. Gotcha. Um, 
So now, so Nomlom would go. Yeah, Nomlom would fire next. Um, how did I turn the bullseye? Mm. Isn't that what you're doing right now? I turned it on. I don't want it on now. I fat fingered something. I don't know. No. Uh, he's gonna fire at the um, the guy with no focus who shot at me. Hit and retaliate number two. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. So he is in Aiden's range. I think Aiden's gonna s- on an academy tie. Here we go. There we go. Mission accomplished. Isn't it obstructed range three? Uh, yeah. So you should be two more dice. Said. Oh, why did I yeah. only do that? Okay. So where do you roll a blank and a focus? Let's do two more. All right. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Never mind. Okay, All now, right. Now night beast. Now night beast gets to take his swings. Go night beast. Go. Range three. Uh, we'll take my hardware and reroll, and still got nothing. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> ah, that's typical. Yep. So now we see if any of this actually works. So so I would do one more round because that theoretically is when all of my stuff should turn on. Correct. So the question then becomes is what do I find to be the bigger threats? He he has no rocks to go through. Yeah, I um you avoided my my exact closure. So now it's basically Nomwam and um all of my other fun stuff. Correct. Nomwam's so the- gonna have to go straight to avoid that rock. Correct. But he can rotate that firing arc, so fun there. Right. And so a two straight can actually put him in a position where he's not getting shot, though. And a two straight puts me in a horrible position on the next turn. But a two straight will land him on that rock. No, I'm talking for my moves. Oh, I thought you were so, talking Nom Lom. I think two straight might still clip that rock. Then so, again, this I'm not used to this scale, so. Uh-huh. So, Academy type of number one. What do these guys have in the one range? What do you mean? On the dial. The ties. I nothing. honestly don't know. One hearts. One hard, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Well, this is where I would say use your academies to do some blocking. It's funny you should say that. It'd be a real shame if uh, Unkar put and Namwam enjoy box. Uh, did Unkar put do damage? No. He didn't, did he? Uh, so he has a calculator. He just lost token. Craig. Oh, no. Craig just committed suicide because he's worthless. You need me to hold? No, no, I'm, I'm doing a double record, so uh, it should be fine. Um, I'm going to get him back in now. Just give me a second. Where are we? This one. There we go. Done. So, um, what was I doing? Yeah, cool. Um, I'm set. What was I talking about? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Uncarpot gains a um, calculate because she dodged his shot. Oh, well, no, wasn't him. Did he do a damage? Who did damage tonight? Beast. It was, it was the first shot, wasn't it? I'll, I'll scroll up. All right. We'll see how this goes. This will, this turn will probably determine how the game's going to turn out, by the way. You, you'll be able to tell after this turn. Not 100%, but it'll be pretty decisive, I think. Sufficient enough to prove our points. How's that sound? Yeah. yeah. We'll see just how uh, that is after this. So Namwam does a three bank and then will be barrel rolling to the left and forwards. In fact, will I barrel roll forwards? Yeah, yeah, well, hmm. yeah, I know what I'm doing. Left as forwards as possible, and that stresses me, but should catch number three, I think. And um, that's my one. Oh, academies. Go, boys, go. You can do it. It's Academy 2 doo-doo. and Academy 3. Correctamundo. Nice block. So that's your one, so my twos go next. And we will do this guy first. 
at focus this guy and focus nice this guy and bump and they can go over here talk hill clears his stress nice move and he'll just focus he's happy to just let you split some fire shoot some different ships then unka i wasn't really sure um if i was going to need to barrel roll um nom or not but i did so he'll bump now you're coming up the works that is old night beast he's gonna do he gets his free focus now is that perform or is that it's a quiet uh, it's a performer free focus action sorry so you can't double stack focus so he's gonna evade but it should say on your card so i'll double check it does it does you may perform a focus action yeah and then that's the rest of my squad then correct uh yeah i'm all done there's a black squadron coming in um, you spent Iden's charge remember no you didn't because no, you, didn't. you didn't roll sure. enough dice yeah so I, i'm gonna come in with a focus and howlrunner that's fine i was hoping she'd have cleared that i actually debated a three which is probably what i should have done because it doesn't get enough of the rerolls in there that i'm gonna want because where's how do you do the target lock one again um i couldn't remember there you go ed arcs uh tar- target lock control oh yeah no i still catch enough i still catch four ships oh there we go all right do you have pre uh combat maneuvers you need to do i do control oh f sorry that one um so i will mm. i think we'll do academy pilot number one oh, no uh, that's stupid what am i talking about uh we'll do night beast again that figures okay, okay. old howlrunner so again going under the theory of trying to take a ship out as much as possible uh we are going to go ahead and put our range two shots into number three yeah i bumped to number three so i know i know i know and she gets to use her own ability finally for two hits one evade down to one uh that is going to be Iden next uh same bat channel uh, we are going to use our Howrunner reroll and spend our focus. And takes a crit, which is Wounded Pilot, which gives me another damage card and flips for your week, and is dead. So now I have... My twos. My three. Oh, you have three? Yeah, you're black. Yeah. yeah, you left that one alone. So my choice of range one shots... Both of them are focused. Both of them are undamaged. I've got a distinct feeling that Night Beast is going to be out of firing arc for MS, MGS-1. So I'm going to focus on MGS-2, where I think I'm going to get the most shots. So I'm going to take that range one shot. Yeah. And my Howrunner for a hit, hit, and a crit. I'll spend my focus and just take a crit. Well, of course you are. And a crit is um, structural damage. So I'm crappier at evading. <laughs> so that is my three. Yep. So my twos go next. So we will do um, Unka put. Uh, we'll shoot at AP two. You got it. Uh, he gains his focus token off automated targeting priority. It is calculate. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I believe Unka put is a must. Uh, yeah. So um, I gain attractor token, and so does Nom one. Uh, in case that that mine uh, Howlrunner maybe could have shot at Unka if you could. No, I'm fine with the. I'm fine with more the focus order. on taking one. Yeah, I assume off. so. 
Yeah. Um, My hope now is that if I could take potentially two ships off the board. I'll spend a calculate for two for a hit crit. And this is going into, you said, AP3? AP2. AP2. I have to do two because he's in the closer range band. Gotcha. AP2. Yeah. So AP2 has a focus... Or do I Iden him? I think I'm going to Iden him. So Iden's going to remove her token. Uh, now, this is the last turn. So, like, yeah, Iden's going to use her token. Yep. So, I'll put a um, thing on her thing to remind me that her token's off. There we go. Got it. He, he does hit. So, automated targeting priority doesn't give me a calculate back. Um, then we would do uh, um, range two onto a black. Oh, was it? No, it's range one, wasn't it? Range one on the yeah, black. Yeah, it's, it's still range one, yeah. Um, on crit. Come on, TIE Fighter. One of eight. Okay. Um, we'll do Taco. We'll do range two onto AP1. Got it. Double crit. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even hear the dice. Nah, I saw it pop. One uh, of eight. All right. Well, crit. there's not much, yeah, not much I can do about that. So AP1's taking a crit, and it's going to be suffer one damage and repair this card. Direct hit. So it's actually two. Okay. And then we'll do. So that was AP1. And we'll do Mining Guild um, Surveyor number one. Same target, I assume? Yeah, we'll spend oh, yeah. it for two. Yeah. Oh, no, he's got a focus token. He does. Yeah. Spend it to stay alive. You can do it, buddy. I believe in you. Yeah. And then uh, your ones. And then your zero. So my ones. So starting with AP2, range two into MGS2. Use my... Is he in the reroll or not? I don't know. I think he's... No, he is. He's one of the two that's in the reroll. So, okay, he yeah. does get... To, and he will spend that token for two hits. Takes one. So he's down to one, right? Yeah. Yep. All right, so now I'm down on my no reroll APs. I just clip him at range two. Yep. I have oh, sorry. to. Sorry, I took the hit on the wrong one there. Sorry. Is that range two or range one? That's range that's two. two. Uh, that's control eight. shift F. Control shift F. Hang on. So it's control uh, shift one. F. Oh, yeah, it's range two. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Woo! Two hits. Yeah. Uh, just give me a second. I just need to fix the health on this one. Mm-hmm. I suppose I don't, really, because this is the last round. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's dead. And last but not least, uh, Night Beast is going to throw down on Torkoal, who was my original target. Well, doesn't his uh, his other ship go first? Yeah. And then one would go next. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right, you're right, you're right. I apologize. You are correct, sir. I think Tom Wom has a shot on Night Beast. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take it. Uh, probably not on Night Beast, though. That's it. Um, I'll take a range one on um, onto Hellrunner. Boo. Hit crit. Really big boo. I knew it. I knew she was taking a crit. Every time. Every time she gets shot at. <laughs> every th- it's going to be direct hit, by the way. Direct yeah. hit. <laughs> yep. Every time, she, every time she gets shot at, that is what happens. The first you time, Iden. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, you're probably right. That's it. As soon as she used Iden, I told you what was going to happen. I was going to start focusing oh. on Elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kill... So now Night Beast. Now I get my two oh. shots on Torkoal. Hey, yeah. two hits. And it was range two, wasn't it? I believe that is yeah. correct. Yeah, so it takes a shield. Yep. Okay, so I lost... One, two mining guild ties and some shields off of the stuff. Correct. Yep. You lost half points on how? Uh, half points on how? Half points and on night beast? Half points on the academy tie? You have three tie fighters out there that are all down to one hole. Um. So you're currently winning by three points. 
but I, I feel like I'm still doing okay. Yeah, because you've got enough that you can take shots. Uh, you can mop Howl Runner up in one shot. You can mop Night Beast up in the Academy tie in one piece. Like, they've done what they're going to do. Because the following turn after this, the swarm has to break up. Yeah. There's no other choice at this juncture. So, sure, some of the ones towards the top of the board might go off after Torkoal. Some of the others will probably K-turn to try to see if they can come back and take out Nom Law, maybe. But, like, legitimately, this is the point in time in flying every swarm. Well, at some point in time, contact happens and the swarm breaks up. So what you hope is that that opening volley, that one shot where you get as many rerolls as humanly possible is in there, that you do something like they did, which is take one or two ships off the board. That's the most you can genuinely hope for. You're never going to be able to keep a swarm in formation the entire time. No. Uh, I'm relatively happy with how it went as well, because Nom Wom gets out of the way for Unkar Put to start crashing into people. Yep. Um, So so Unkar's happy, uh, Nom's happy, um, and Torkoal's still alive. So I knew he's hiding. So, yeah. Yeah, because effectively what ends up happening is I have to basically send four TIE Fighters after Torkoal to get him off the board, which means I'm ignoring the other um, TIE Fighter. And th- that leaves a one hit point Howl Runner with two other ships to potentially take down uh, Nom Lom, which is not going to happen in one round of shooting. So Howl's going to die. And then that leaves two TIE Fighters chasing after I'd that. I'd do just some movement from this round, not worry about actual combat. Sure. It's getting kind of late. <laughs> it is getting kind of late, though. Yeah, we'll the- be done once we do. Sure. Talk about was how I the differences I would have chosen for your deployment and stuff. Sure, 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 sure. um, I might have I might have to ask for a a two minute nature break though. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) So if it were me, what would I do in this situation? Issue cry. I think he's gonna make that. Always a good thing to hear. I think they're gonna make. Oh, you can't do that. I'm a terrible boy. I'm terrible at X-Wing. So that's... Over. It's all right. You're playing Ed, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I for a moment, I thought that the stress was on Unka, not on Nam Wam. So I nearly dialed in an illegal move. Yeah, I think he'll make that. Sorry, you made me think. No, it's okay. I'm pretty happy that I know how this all goes. So I'm not massively concerned. It should be fun, though. That's AP. So what I'll do is, while you're thinking, I'll talk about what I would have done differently for your obstacles. Sure. So the first thing I would have done if I was flying Ed Swarm is I would have taken three gas clouds instead of the um, the small rocks because then I can effectively just put the gas clouds right on my table edge and fly over them in the first round and it's irrelevant. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, because like, the worst case scenario is you end up suffering a strain as well as not getting your action. But you, if it's the first turn, you shouldn't be in combat. So you're going to be then doing a two or whatever. Like you did, what was it? Three twos on the trot or three blue moves on the trot. Right. So you had lots of time to clear the strain you would have potentially gained. But that makes it even easier for you to have that open table that you're looking for. Yeah, no, I have it in hindsight. I agree. All right, we're ready to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. so um, Nom Wom isn't going to do a 4K because he's stressed. He's going to do the um, the three. 
Oh, I squeezed in. Which fits, because I am not that terrible at the game. <laughs> I uh, thought I thought it the, is. I thought that the uh, Black Squadron was going to block that. And he's going to link it into a rotation. Of course he uh, is. Uh, anti-clockwise, which stresses him. I was convinced that I had blocked him in. Oh, uh, so that's my ones. Oh, fine. Do, 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 do. So I should point out the obvious mistake that I made uh, as well. Uh, Torkil should have used his ability on the uh, Black Squadron, not on Night Beast, because I only had two ships who could shoot Night Beast. Oh, so I could have, sorry, I could have shot more sh- ships at Night Beast at the Black Squadron, who out initiatives me, so can initiative kill me, which is what happened. If yeah. I have left Night Beast. I would have died to the same shot, but I would have been initiative so on the table to get the shot back. So that was a mistake from my part, um, just through not really thinking about it. All right, good, sir. You're up. Okay, so lots of bumps here. Oh, big sad. Um, we will. Um, hmm. I think this will be fun. Let's check um, ranges. Draw F. Um, range two, oh no, uh, range two in the act there, range one to Iden, range one, range one. Okay, so I am going to tractor beam this gentleman here, and he's going to barrel roll left and backwards. Mm, imagine that. Uh, would you like to roll a damage dice? No. Oh, oh you bastard. <laughs> okay. He's got his damage card on him. Yeah, good. Red rolls going. Uh, it's more that it's one less shot coming at Torquil, which is good for me. Um, this guy may clear now. Oh, yes. Nice. Uh, very nice. Um, and we'll do that. And then Torquil bumps. Very uh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Night, Night Beast is going to be Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure if you're going straight with Torquil, we're just going to shoot down the line. So I had to take a shot there. Yeah, yeah. Surprised you didn't barrel roll with him. Eh. It would get him out of Torkoal's arc. Eh, I don't think I have to worry about that. Oh, wait, he's got his arc pointed off to the oh, side he's anyway. Got crawl, yeah. got a front arc. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a three dice primary out the front, so. This is the one yeah. thing that you're going to screw up. Oh, yeah. Oh, you screwed that up. I didn't do that. Yeah, I'd have barrel rolled with him. Yeah, it's okay. Because I think Until this... it's not. I think that screws up Power Runner, too. Yeah. But I still have a lot of ships pointing in the direction I want them to be pointing. Yeah, uh, I only have Uncar to shoot Hellrunner. Oh, darn. So you have pre-game... Yeah, so I've got one, two... I've got three shots on... Which are damage ones here? Uh, so Hellrunner's got one, Night yeah. Beast is down to one, Yeah. and Academy Tie 1 is down to one, but you're currently touching Academy Tie 1 with Torkoal, which is the reason why I did that. Yeah. yeah. Torkoal gets to make play a zero and fun fun. Yeah. Um Torkoal can make anyone a zero really. Um mm-hmm. probably would wanna stop um doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, maybe Iden. Maybe. Yeah. No, um how because Unka could pretend has got a better chance of killing uh how. So yeah. So I'd uh-huh. have one, two. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um yeah. what are we gonna say, sorry? So, so the upside is, is how many range one shots that I managed to pull off on Torkoal? One, 
two, and then this is going to be range two. So I got enough shots that I can dump into Torkoal. I assume because if you, and that would be the reason, I would put Howard down to zero so that she doesn't get her shots onto Torkoal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be the hope is that I can kill her because I've not damaged Iden. Correct. So Torkoal should take maybe three damage, but hopefully not four. Um, I mean, and that would be. Yeah, that was that was just rounding up for the offense. What yeah. probably saves you, Torkoal, was putting that academy tie on the run. I agree. Because otherwise, you were looking at one, two, more six, shots. Six, there, yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten red dice hmm. coming hmm. into Torkoal. So one, two, so an untokened un Torkoal, by the way. Yeah. So if if you hadn't tractored me, it would have worked out exactly the way I wanted it to. Luckily. I was always going to be able to track to somebody. Right. So yep. I was tempted to track to Hellrunner to barrel roll her to a right and forwards because I felt like that would have put her like where this stress token is now, bang in the middle of everything. Um, but I figured rem I knew that this would remove a shot. So, yeah. Because yeah. I thought if I put Hellrunner in the middle, minus one off her agility, take her down to zero, she's out of the game. I kill I one hundred percent kill her this turn. Yep, I agree. But I figured preventing damage might be a safer bet. Probably. If you'd have if you'd have done something weird like a two bank or whatever, I, I don't know. I can't even think of what movie did now. What was it with Hellrunner? That was a two bank. Yeah. So that was from yeah. So if you'd have done like a hard turn, the the barrel roll actually just puts her in the middle of nowhere, and I can't kill her. Whereas you know, I want to just take ships off the board now. Oh. It's an interesting position. Yeah. Yep. All right, so because it's raining late, I'm going to say uh, let Chris go ahead and do his uh, his normal thing now so I can take a real quick run, and then I'll come back while you're done. Yeah, so as we said, we knew we were probably going to run into um, this being three shows to do a full like, breakdown. But, I mean, obviously, podcast format, it's going to be pretty hard to translate what we did and why we put stuff where we did without being able to see it. Yeah. But I think getting that... Um, that basic stone of like my squad wanted to use the rocks, so I put them in a position where it was going to be easy to fly over them. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I got the rock set up that I wanted and then managed to deploy around it. Um, the advice I'd give for placing the ships in this one is I've got a one and then a bunch of twos. So against Ed's squad, he's got more ones than me, so he's got to commit a larger portion to his. Uh, of his squad earlier, and it's a tie swarm, so we all have to stick together. Whereas in yep, my you know ship, what he's gonna do. Yeah, all my ships can go on their own. None of them need range of each other to be effective. Right. Uh, so, like putting the large base ship in the middle of the table, pointing down, doesn't mean anything because I could have chosen to not block it and done a hard one, and then a hard one and flown the opposite direction. Or a hard one and barrel roll back, you know what I mean? There's a bunch of yeah. dodgy, slippery moves you can do there. Um, yeah. So I think the main thing for this kind of matchup, where you you want to deploy in such a way that you you offer the possibility of the joist, because you that's what you want, that's what they want, and that's what you want them to think that you're going to do as well. Yeah. And then you remove, like, I didn't, did I joist Ed? Did I? No. no. No, um, because you didn't get to shoot, like, was it three of your ships right of range at the start? Correct. Um, and then 
in the next round I blocked stuff and uh, yeah, and you ended up splitting fight. I mean, you got a good second round. Um, I mean, the ties kind of were setting up like almost a for a joust, but not quite. Yeah, uh, I feel like you you got um, you don't you didn't get lucky on the second round because you have Hellrunner and like the the mods, so it all it will always feel like that player rolls well because you've got soft mods and your focuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fucked up with Tarkil and picked the wrong chip, which got <laughs> return shot. Yeah, kind of. Uh, well, I mean, it, it was objectively the wrong choice. So, um, But I can recognize it and accept my mistake and not blame a dice, you see. It's learning and growing as a person. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And that's a good thing for everyone. And knowing's half the battle. Yeah. Um, the other half is bloody violence. <laughs> how did you feel about the? Because I was saying, I don't know if you had, yeah, you could hear when you walked off, but I was saying that I felt like I won the rock placement. I got what I wanted out of it. I yeah, imagine I, you also felt fine. I felt fine because legitimately, I don't don't feel like the rocks played too much of a um, factor in the game. Uh, the only time that it actually played a factor in the game was whenever you uh, tractored someone onto a rock, which was going to happen. Like, I don't, unless I had target priorityed um, Uncorp Lights, like, I don't know. Like, overall, I think there's no way that you can avoid 100% of the time that. So having have it, that happened only once. So and the fact the rocks didn't. What I'll bring up is given that that's one of your rocks, that could have been a gas cloud. Correct. So very good point. What was the in what was the uh, the old uh what was you said Paul Paul Heaver was one that said like unless you can provide me with a reason for not taking three gas clouds you should be taking three gas clouds. Oh, taking three small rocks was the default, but oh, I right. think yeah you because you want to fly in a line at people gas clouds is good for you because it doesn't really matter if you fly over them like. You give your yeah. worst case scenario is you lose an action and give yourself a strain, but you still get your high roll, high roll reroll. So you've still got a soft mod on offense. You've still got Iden on defense, and like you might not take the strain. And if you do, it messes up the target priority because maybe I didn't. Like, if the guy who flies over it is a full health tie, and I want to shoot the one who's down to one hit, you get away. You get that for free, don't you? Correct. The, the strain mm. a lot of the time isn't going to be relevant. Like it's one of the things that's really good about the new. It's not uh, the new Tevin Wexley because it's not the snap version. It's the other subtitle, where he, you can fl- in the engagement phase, people around him can flip for S files, um, gain a calculate and a strain token. So, I, so your entire squad becomes strained. But if you're flying four T-70s, they're not going to be shooting at all four of them. And if they do, you win. Right. So, like, yeah. three of those don't actually pay a cost for using that ability. Only one of them gets shot. So uh, that's what I mean about that. I think Gas Clay is a good choice for this squad. Um, I, I think I tend to agree. Next week, we'll maybe look at um, doing an ace kind of list. I, mean, I should message Mike back and ask what kind of list he likes to fly. So we can focus on that as well. That would would be ideal. I agree. That would probably be Mm. ideal to get an idea of what he's thinking so that we can kind of cater to more his play style. I agree with that. That's a good idea. Not a bad one. I wanted to do something that this list has a reason to take the three big rocks. I, I don't... 
I don't. I think this is a fun list. I wouldn't say it's going to be a world beater. I literally made it as we were setting up for the show, um, but I wanted to use mining guild ties. So, yeah. and, and I still have a love affair with Nam One. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know any any other points on the game and on the deployment. Like, um, I think the only thing I would say on your deployment, I felt like you went. I would change your list in that I would probably take four academies and then you can take a better named pilot or use the points for a bid or use the points for a swarm tactics or something. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that Night Beast gave enough and that the Black Squadron gave enough. If you, know, you know what I mean? I think as I legitimately built the list like, I don't know, 20 minutes before we started. So it wasn't really a ton of thought going into it. But I think... Because I I would want it so that I could have four ships in the front rank and three in the back so that I can have um, Iden. I felt like there was more potential and it showed that because of your deployment, they were out of range of some of them more for a couple of the early rounds. So when that put Harrow and Iden further back, so having them on the inside of where you're never going to turn left if you're on your left flank. So you want them on the inside of the turn to keep it tighter. If that makes yeah. any sense at all, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, but it does become harder to plan the turns. So you've got to get used to flying those different initiative values. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right. So, on the next time we're going to go through, we're going to go through with a list that's catered specifically to the type of list that Mike likes to fly, and then we'll try to counter. Are you going to play as Mike this time, or? Um, what I was thinking as well is that uh, I want to do an A space list as well. So we'll do. Uh, I'd probably do like a generic, do a four X or like, you know, something pretty standard. I've got, Again, an, ace li- I've got an ace list built ready to go. Yeah, but I want to definitely do uh, some ace deployment as well because I think that that's important to look at in this kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, Vader Shuntero fifth brother list ready to go. Yep, we'll we'll get it done. And uh, yeah, we'll call it there. I think that was good enough. I will. It's it's late enough, and I've got to go to work tomorrow. I'll see so, if I can throw us back to the other screen. This one, yeah. Can we go? Yeah, it seems like it works. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Um. So you can email us like Mike did at uh, focuspodcast at gmail dot com and get two shows dedicated just to you. Three. Maybe three. Probably oh, yeah. well, three now. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Lack of Focus Podcast. Lack of Focus Podcast. Uh, these videos, um, if you want to watch me ineptly use Talk or Mux, um, you can find it on the Dice Hate YouTube channel. We do plan to do some streaming on Twitch this Saturday. Or it will be last Saturday. So if you're a Patreon, you'll hear it in time. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're trying to do Twitch streams every Saturday. I think we've managed two in two in six so far. So we're going to try. We're going to try, damn it. Yeah. Um, So you can catch us on what's your Twitch channel, Ed? That is going to be oldguygaming.mtga because I still had my MTGA thing on there. So that's where I'll be streaming it. And I've set up a Dice Hate one as well. I noticed a couple of you guys had already followed the Dice Hate Twitch channel. So that was nice of you. Um, You can follow me on Instagram, like Chad and Ed do, and like all of my uh, photographs and models. Good fun. Uh, it's either food or models is my Instagram. I don't really do many pictures of Evie. <laughs> I, I let Jill post the pictures of Evie on Instagram. Um, and yeah, and then anything else? You can Alan, 
Alan Quit. Alan Quit as well. Okay. Yeah, I just, oh. I just, I just checked. <laughs> oh, I told, yeah, but, but Discord. What am I talking about? John is on a dice at Discord, and you too can quit playing. Who's <laughs> running with us? You two, you two can be Baby Seal Clubbed and AFK'd, and then we say, "Oh yeah, it was, it's not a, it's not a worthy enough victory. We're just going to quit the game and start another." <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a Patreon as well, I suppose. Um, I wanted to, again, thank you all for all of your support. You guys are awesome. Um, the um, I think I've got one last batch to send out, um, which should go out on Sunday when I'm next in the store. As I said, I've not been able to work that much this week because Joe's been working in the evening, so I haven't got in yet. Uh, but the last batch of Patreon stuff will go out then. And um, you can find that at Lack of Focus Podcast on Patreon or Dice on Patreon. Lots of different options. Uh, you get access, early access to our shows. Any extra content we do goes up there. Uh, generally, it has an early release for patrons and then it's available to everyone else anyway. Um, I think the only patron exclusive stuff up there at the moment is the uh, stuff I did with Bruno. Um, there's a, a Muck Bluff where we talk about some fire spray lists. Um, so you can go and, go and look at that. And um, yeah, I've been writing more content um, for the blogs and the Sentry Boxes blog, so that was fun. And um, yeah, that's it from me. I don't really have anything else, so I probably should have, but I didn't write it down, so whatever. Wednesdays. <laughs> All right, on that note, Chad, happy you made it. Always good to talk to uh, you, my friend. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm glad I just got home in time to join in everything. I uh, definitely recommend the Facebook page. Somebody likes to put a lot of great Star Wars memes up there. I think Someone people does. could be liking a little bit more of them than what they do, but you know what? <laughs> I think it I is did. what it is. Yeah. It is always what it to, is. Always good to talk to you, Chris. It's always good to be here, man. It's always good to be here. All right, so that is going to do it for episode 76. Until next time, guys, as always, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.